1: Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show.
0: I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat.
1: Oh, I feel it coming back again. It's Morning Combat. It's back in your face hole Friday, September 2nd, I think, 2022. Brian Campbell, the beige one, Luke Thomas, the the smart one of the two. Uh, Yo, Tui, we're going to bang on this Friday, right here, right now. Set the stage for UFC Paris, talk latest news, uh, hit your dead wrongs, and then maybe close with a little happy hour. Hey, this this time I won't get drunk. (laughs) We got a margarita machine in here. By request, your uh, question solicited from Twitter uh, we'll have a little bit of good time to that uh, to fill out the clock, and then off-camera, they won't see it yet. Resume review season yes. is upon us. A good, and, and by the
0: way, a very good one.
1: Somebody's going down, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs>
0: I don't want to spoil it, but I'll say this.
1: I don't mean in the MMA cage. I mean, like, somewhere, somebody's. Dude, you're so <laughs> horny on
0: Instagram, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I will say this, for this resume review, we have put more effort into this one probably than any other one we've ever done, which is saying something. We put in a monumental amount of work for this one, so I really hope you enjoy it.
1: Uh, we are also modeling uh, plenty of Showtime merch right here, not just the all the smoke hoodie sweatpant combo, but... Our morning combat merch. This hat, this sweatshirt. You can get a piece of that right now. Go to morningcombat.store. Uh, tell, look for RJ uh, Boozlebanger. Tell him that uh, you know he <laughs> sent you, and I'm sure you'll get something. Uh, RJ Ballbagger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if the if if it fits, Luke. um that's hey, does he
0: know how to spell your name, or does he not know how to spell your name? There's merch out there with your name on it that literally is spelled C A M B E L L. No, there's not. Is it really? Uh, One billion percent. I don't,
1: there no, I, I don't think there is i think that was actually like a like a fan meme thing you're saying there's
0: there's, no, no, I, I just saw it. Like Do I was, not know
1: what's on our site right now? Do I?
0: Know? Uh, I don't know. If the, I don't know if that stuff's been released. I think that was a prototype. Okay. But it's definitely your name is spelled wrong.
1: I've got some of those early, early prototypes, and I use them as oil rags in the garage.
0: <laughs> oh God.
1: <laughs> Where they belong.
0: Yeah. We had our own little Reebok moment. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: difference is we just didn't Yo, sell it. shout out to Reebok. Nobody, nobody in our in our universe got got my back in the Reebok Venom debate, which really has me pointing the finger back at you guys. Like, what the hell's wrong with you, Luke? It's uniform. It's proper. It's power. It's corporate prestige. It's Reebok. You're oh. like, you're like, yo, let's vape to Venom, motherfucker. You know, like. Hey,
0: they just uh, re-upped to uh, continue to whore the fighters by being the official, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, we'll get to mark. that
1: in quick hitters today, Lou. All right. Um, all right. Uh, we also are up for a bunch of uh, podcast awards. P- particularly, this pitch is from the World MMA Awards, which last year named us the best MMA programming—a monster upset over the likes of Rogan Helwani, Dana White, UFC. Well, we're back in that same category looking to defend our title in ways that Conor McGregor never could.
0: By the way, less than a month left to vote. Less than a month, so... Have have you gone on there and voted? I have. Uh, Yesterday I did. Yesterday.
1: I tapped that ass. Lower third there uh, on the screen, you can hit the QR code or going to worldmmaawards.com slash nominees. There you go. Um, Luke, are you about to go public and admit that you've only been sick lately because you've been slacking on your AG1 intake?
0: No, I'm sick because I traveled with a toddler internationally. I think that's what got me sick. But I'm fine now. I feel good. Although I did get my entire family sick. I got my wife sick. I got abuela, Pipe, uh, and my daughter got sick again from me. So pretty fun. Pretty fun. Pretty fun job I did.
1: Nice work, dad.
0: That's right. Now I'm here in the studio. I'm going to get all you bitches who are on your phones. Boy, could they go to their phones faster? Instantly, Luke. And there's Tristan, who's looking like a murderer on the end of the corner.
1: (laughs) I mean, lightning crashes and an old mother dies. Okay, that's what happens on this show, Luke, right?
0: And then Ashley just gets on. I mean, what what site are you on right now? Etsy? Oh, boy. (laughs)
1: You're on Etsy! Yeah. Nailed it! Yeah, nailed yeah, yeah. it! Jesus, you are
0: a... F- I love my like lord. It was like when you
1: guessed her favorite movie, White Chicks. You just first guessed. I know, and I was like, it. let me
0: think of the dumbest movie imaginable. I'm like, would that be your favorite? And she was like, yes!
1: All right. Uh, shout out to everybody out there. Uh, like and subscribe if you like this show. You can follow us on social media. I don't sit here and beg for you to subscribe, but if you have been freeloading for a while, how about you help us pump that up in the old, uh, you know, how about you? How about you prostate exam us for once, okay? Mm. Um, yeah, we'll probably figure out what that means after the show. There you go. Um, Let's get into the damn show, though. Let's do it. We have some fights to talk about. We do. So let me uh, turn on my rundown here that was uh, so expertly put together and start off with topic number one. And it's a big card this weekend, a non-pay-per-view, but a little bit of a pay-per-view feel, at least in the co- and main events, Paris, for the first time, UFC setting their feet down in France. And this is a fight night afternoon delight on the East Coast, if you know what I mean, Headlined by heavyweights, former interim champion Cyril Ghan. Close?
0: I don't speak French.
1: Oui, oui. Uh, Don't you speak French? I took seven years of French in school. And you took seven years and you
0: you couldn't even order uh, at McDonald's. Within
1: three years, I went to Montreal ready to try out my French on... St. Catherine Street, and, you know, you can lose a lot of money on that street, okay, and you're sold in the process. People know what mean. Um, And I, I couldn't even, like, order something at, like, McDonald's. I, I was so... In
0: fairness, uh, your English is also pretty limited. I was like,
1: <laughs> ue la fenetra to everybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> to the, yeah, okay. To where the is fenetra. the, where is the what? Window. Window. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, Luke, Cyril got first fight since losing that undisputed title opportunity against Francis Ngannou. Close, got out wrestled. It was weird. We know what's going on here. But he's gonna get this homecoming in his native home of France, Paris, against Tai Tuivasa. It's number one versus number three, Luke. We hit up the storylines on Wednesday in terms of, really, the, the potential of a title shot for either one if they win with this, although a very crowded division, when you consider right now, we don't even know if was ever going to fight again in the UFC. We don't know if John Jones is going to be back in an interim title fight, a, a full title. It's, it's unknown. The winner of this, though, is going to have a big say in that discussion, but Luke Thomas today is about... What the hell does this fight actually look like? Our friends at Caesar Sportsbook, not given the Aussie the respect. Plus 410, the underdog, mm. with a five-fight win streak to Iwasa, all five by knockout, against the minus 520 Cyril Gon. Luke, no one's, no one. There's no fooling around here. Gon's a horrible stylistic matchup for Tai Tuivasa.
0: He really is. This is a uh, this is a difficult one to win. If you were just sort of pinpointing, what would ha- Tai Tuivasa have? that you would say is a likely path to victory. He's got big power, okay, as you mentioned, on a super hot streak, and I think really kind of coming into his own, 28, 29 years old, whatever he may be, and that's all good and well, but in terms of, like, what he could lord over a guy like Gone, it just doesn't immediately appear quite clear what that could be. And here's why we say that. Um, Richard Mann of Fightmetric put these stats together. We kind of knew this to be true, but the numbers really kind of tell the story in a way that's important. Cyril Ghosn has a positive plus 2.56 striking differential. That means in terms of his strikes landed versus strikes absorbed, he has a positive differential at 2.56. That's 12th among all active fighters, period, okay? The reason why that's important is because if you look at his peers who also have a very high number like that, the vast majority of them have it from control positions. Somebody like a Habib who grabs a wrist and then really delivers. That's why there's these huge gaps in the number. But that's not what Cyril Gahn does. Cyril Gahn does 90% of his striking in that way, quite literally 90% at at range. His range management, his timing, his entries, his exits, his feints, it's a nightmare for the rest of that division to handle. And so if you're a guy like Taitsu Ivasa, where he does do good work in the clinch, BC, especially if he can get you in the clinch up against the fence like what he did against Derrick Lewis. He's got monster power. He's surprisingly athletic. And in that space, he can do good work. But... A, getting to that position is going to be difficult. Yeah. and oh, by the way, BC, Cyril Gan is very good in the clinch as well. It's and not can to say he
1: dunk a basketball.
0: And he's, sure. and he's athletic and shit yeah It's not to say that you you can dismiss a power puncher like tai Tui Vasa. That's not the argument. But if you're asking what's the realistic path to victory? I don't know what that is. Well, here's what's
1: interesting. I'll give it to you. It's as bare bones and basic as possible. The realistic path for victory to Tui Vasa, who I know a lot of you are going to say we're disrespecting. We're not. We just didn't think he was going to upset Derek Lewis to take a major step forward, and now he's argue, arguably fighting the toughest style matchup form in the entire division. But the one way he can do this is by luring Cyril Gahn into the type of fight he either doesn't want to or shouldn't want to be in, and that would be the kind of all-out brawl that led to him stopping Derek Lewis because both were fatigued and hurt, and it's it's a barroom brawl. In theory, if he can get gahn there, you'd say, okay, that's going to increase his chances. What do you make, though, Luke, of Gahn, not in a in a, like, over-the-top-I'm-trying-to-make-headlines way, but Ghan has more or less said, I'm going to have to stop this guy. Like, this is going to be a fight that can really showcase my striking yeah. and my finishing ability. Uh, is that the right mindset against somebody this dangerous? Get him out of there before he can get you? What
0: I do don't you I don't know that he plans to do it quickly. I mean, here's another thing you have to sort of really uh, consider. Who's got better experience in five-round fights? Oh, it's not Cyril Ghan. Yeah. Cyril Ghan by a million miles. If Cyril Ghan is picking at him, picking at him, picking at him, Second round expires. Third round expires. Now, Tai Vasa is literally in a place in the fourth round he's never been before. Certainly not in UFC. I don't know off, offhand of his, about his regional record, but certainly in that space he's never been there. And he might like. I, I understand what's another thing about Tai Ivasa. He throws everything full power, ah, like that. If you get that guy slowly, pick at him, slowly do body work, and then you take him to the fourth or fifth round. Now you have drained him to, to such a, a sufficient degree where I would argue that. I expect Gahn to be able to keep his distance no matter what round it is. But now if you add a somewhat fatigued yeah. tie to Ivasa into the championship round equation, dude, that might be the place where you see Cyril Gan really begin to turn it up. But do I think he's going to take unnecessary risk just to score a finish for the Frenchman around him? Certainly all was possible. Well, I would that, still that's say it's That's more
1: unlikely. of an all-or-nothing way of looking at it. The middle ground is that he would be more intentionally offensive than normal instead of looking to point fight from the outside, trying to find the moments when he feels he can step in and let his hands go. And the reason why I think that's important is because whether you thought, I, I know there's some people that still think Gan should have won the decision against Ngannou. I disagreed, but at the, at least at the surface, it wasn't an overly exciting fight. Ngannou and, and bit down, did what he had to do to get the win, and, and by the way, with the knee injury and the contract, shout out to him. Gan, though, didn't make that leap that we expected out of him in some ways, right? I'm not saying it was it overly disappointing. In some ways, it 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 showed that there's still some growth to be had. I could see him in that regard wanting to say, "Look, I, there's pressure on me to show how good I really am." And maybe even though this guy is dangerous, this is the perfect opponent for me to paint that masterpiece and be a little bit more intentional offensively and try to hurt him beyond just trying to point fight him and gas him out. I think there's a there's a middle ground in there where he could he could because look, you, the crowd's behind him. But this but is a unique situation. That theory basically
0: postulates that. He has to act in a way he doesn't.:
1: I think he can though, because well, think about anything, it. When, he was, is uh, he, he was possible, wrongly I mean. known as a submission expert when he first came up, right on nope. the scene. Uh, gone because they no. have a couple submission wins in a row
0: yeah but against numbers
1: I mean, right but the point was like where people didn't even he had a know what i
0: background he had a striking background. he's
1: told me in interviews he was hailed as a submission expert because he had those two subs in a row okay, and people by, are like that's by dumb asses. not who by, i am by dumb asses. well there's the whole point here luke is there's still a lot of room to grow from if we learn anything from the angano fight is that there's still a lot of room for gone to grow in that regard um i could see him wanting to show that that's all i'm really saying but I,
0: I i would say this i I do believe that, and I thought Gon was going to win against Francis, and I think Francis was the rightful winner. But the reason why Francis is the rightful winner is because of what happened on the ground. Here's another place that Tai Tuivasa doesn't really go. He's got a yeah. 50% takedown defensive rate. He doesn't really go for takedowns. Again, now, could Ty shake things up and try and find the clinch and rather than trying to brawl with him, take Tui, excuse me, take Gon to the ground given those weaknesses that we saw in the Francis and Gaṇu fight, which to me, like... You know, for as good as Gon stand-up is, it's way better than his ground game. His ground game, to me, was not especially impressive. For as good as his his striking battle was numbers. Uh, numbers is a strong word, but it's like very green. Like his ground game is green. So,
1: greener that, than your. All right, I'm sorry. I'm greener sorry. than your your shit after insert uh, after
0: ag know. one. Yeah, I'm just uh, on fire.
1: I got to pull back. A
0: little I, I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm just trying to point out that to me seems kind of interesting. But of course, that would require something from Tui Vasa. That he hasn't shown before either so if it plays out in the sense that the guys show us what they've already been there's no way gone loses this if somebody does something a little bit different then it could shake the whole thing up. i
1: don't want to say no way though as much as i am in the ballpark that this is a potential to be a one-sided fight there's that potential the thing that the wild card in Tuivasa is obviously the power but the willingness to take chances and find a moment sure. and make a moment happen yes Uh, I don't think that we look at Gan as... Do we know for sure Gan is an iron-chin battle-tested warrior? We know he can go long cardio. We know he can win fights when he's in control of the terms, which has been pretty much all of his fights until Nganu. But we don't necessarily know that Gan has this type of backbone or recuperative ability that one would need. He wasn't able to figure Nganu's ground game out quick enough to leave no doubt on the scorecards. Okay. Hold on. Is there a is there something so, we're missing about the potential of Tuivasa? It's, it's not not one punch knockout, but hurting him. Yes. To take the terms back in his it's, direction. You
0: can't dismiss a guy like Tai Tuivasa who has the willingness, as you mentioned, the power, as you mentioned. I think at this point the confidence for sure and the experience. Like he's got a lot going in his favor in that sense. Here are the last five fighters that Fran- uh, excuse me, that GaN has faced. Dos Santos, not really a light toucher. Rosenstrug, not really a light toucher. Volkov, not a light but toucher. But were they
1: touching him is the question. Were they actually well, landing the their power They can't shots.
0: find it. But also, yeah. hold on a like second. Lewis and then Francis Ngannou. He, you're talking about arguably yeah. the five heaviest punchers in that division, not including Stipe, and they could barely land a glove. So
1: on the answer is that we don't know. It's certainly not his fault. I mean, he's, make, he's causing these scenarios to happen by being so brilliant. Yes. But it's like we don't really know how he'll react to getting hurt and battling back. It could be a perfect reaction, it could be disaster.
0: I would say he's probably got a decent chin, he, look, he looks well-muscled, he has a strong neck that seems to matter, at least to some degree, and be resistant, but the biggest issue is that the reason why he's resistant is because he just doesn't take punches very clean, very often.
1: Yeah, And to play into the potential of Tai uh, Tuivasa here, he had said this week, and it's a typical Tuivasa quote, I'm not fighting at all for the idea of does this fight get me into a championship fight, I'm fighting for the money. I'm fighting to defeat my kids. I really don't care about the title at all. I want to make fun. To, I mean, that's where he's at. Uh, that certainly makes him dangerous. I think it plays into the idea that that odds will be what they will be at all, but he does have that wild card ability, and we've already seen it against Derrick Lewis, to perform at a level that he maybe consistently can't, or, or look, there, there's that possibility. He's going to be fun to see going in there and trying to swing big, so let's go back to the backdrop. Of Paris will this matter at all in this fight the first card for the UFC in France? I mean well, you know hometown guy Bon gamin is in there to kick some ass does that matter?
0: I I do think it will matter it's again It's really hard to say exactly how the French and the French media are going to interpret this That's another part too like now if you're an American you take this for granted like UFC will hold an event And you might hear a couple of people who you know don't pay attention or sort of naysay it but what you may not realize is you know, 10 years, well, not quite 10 years ago, but maybe 15 years ago, if the UFC had an event, there was like major publications that would write really dismissive stories about it. And there was something to be said about the UFC having to overcome that, not just UFC, but all of the MMA industry. And they did in large part. France seems, at least from the public attitude, something closer to what that is. For Again, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm just guessing here. I've not been to France recently to, to say anything. But from what I can tell, based on what people are saying, it does seem like that there is this groundswell of enthusiasm among the consumer base, and the various folks in charge of media and or columnists and or you know that that sort of sector of the of the of their nation is still a little bit dismissive of it. So, you know, it's hard to say. Because did you see Ivasa was asked about, well, isn't the sport really violent? What do you say to the critics? That was answering. Uh, you know, French media who were expressing some of these criticisms, that's just a 15-year-ago thing. So, like, what can we really expect in that environment? Hard to say, but I do think this feels different to me than when the UFC went to Germany, which felt very slow, very small. They didn't really have a lot of German stars to hang their hats on. Besides Tasselhoff. And his dripping burger.
1: <laughs> He's a hero out there. He's a sex symbol. In uh, but the, you see what I'm trying What's to say. What's wrong with that? Here,
0: country. here they have a very different scenario where they've got a big event with a big French star who's already made a bit of a splash in that market, and they're using that to like really roll this out. I think it will be. I think it will be bigger than that.
1: I mean, I'm not again not to dismiss the danger ability of Ty, but they are giving the hometown boy a chance to come back get a big win that would put him right back in the front of the line to fight. In theory, the winner of whoever fights for the full championship. But obviously, if Jones fights Stipe Luke, and, and and if Francis isn't ready physically, like we don't really know where Francis is at, right?
0: Yeah, it's a big question mark. I mean, he's that that, that you know he had major uh, reconstructive surgery on his knee. He's been out for a while, and I certainly consider him the class of the division, given the way he beat uh, Cyril, but. The questions about what state he's in and what it's going to look like in the next chapter, I think, are very relevant and very unknown.
1: Do you think he the will end right. up re-signing with the UFC because maybe they throw in a few more bucks without needing to get on paper that he can box Tyson Fury? See, here's
0: the thing. This is what, Someone asked me this the other day, and I, this is the way I'm thinking. Tell me what you're, if you agree with this. When he was in the ring with Tyson Fury, what was that, after the Dillian White fight? Yes. Something like that? You thought holy shit dude Francis is gonna clean up and make money but now that things are kind of settling and there's a little bit of talk about fury and Usyk and, and I saw him commenting about the return of Deontay Wilder because he's be fighting Robert Hellenius soon if you're Francis and you're looking around now do you really want to walk from UFC for a wild card like fury that may never pan out now if right. it pans out you hit the lottery for life yep. but if you leave UFC and that doesn't pan out, yeah, I guess he could fight Wilder or something else and make some money, but it wouldn't be nearly as big.
1: Are you saying that if he made this power move that would force him to leave the UFC chasing that one career-defining payday, which like could be insanely big, do you think he can make enough in other MMA organizations to justify taking that chance?
0: No, no, that's the issue. And
1: he's also the- like 35, which you don't want to panic because not only is he an athletic freak of nature, but... That's, you know, it's still prime for heavyweights. So this
0: you know is, this is the issue. It's like, dude, what could, and I'm being, I'm not trying to be hurtful here, but like what could Bellator or PFL in terms of a business opportunity actually offer Francis that he could get commensurate money with a better UFC deal, which can, is still limited, but it's still a function of their pay-per-view returns.
1: What if they offered him secrets from the smart cage?
0: <laughs> well, you, uh, free Uber Eats for life because of the smart cage. So here's my point. Do you take a risk on Tyson Fury, which again is a, I mean, you will make so much money doing that. But if you don't get that, what else have you lined up? The UFC path to me, if they come up with their money a little bit, seems like the more secure option.
1: Is there any chance a tie to Ivasa victory could get him John Jones, even if the title wasn't? In part of it, I say that because Ty was asked this week a lot about John Jones, and yeah. he gave the quote. J- John of who-
0: DM'd him. Did you see that? I haven't seen that, but yeah. I,
1: I say Ty was respectfully. always said, "Look, I think John is like the goat, but I also think I, I could go in there and knock him the hell out." So um, it, that would be a monster fight, especially if that was John's debut. Like they, that would almost be the smarter way. Debut. Like I always thought John was going to come back to heavyweight and debut against Brock. I thought that from even up until last year. I thought that was still possible, right? Because that's sort of the perfect, we're going to make a shit ton of money and John will win spectacularly, right? Yes. Is that in play here at all for Tuivasa? Or is John automatically going to be fighting either Stipe for the interim or Francis for the full?
0: I got to tell you, I think if Ty can go in there and beat Cyril, and not just beat him, but like, you know, do the Ty-Tuivasa bit, right? Somehow get it done, even if you're hurt or whatever, but like really put his fucking lights out. I think anything's possible after that. I really do. you you know, John for
1: the interim is actually in play, right? In some ways, it is in play here.
0: I wouldn't call it your likeliest outcome, but to the point you're raising, if Ty does, seemingly by the odds makers anyway, the impossible here, yeah, that's absolutely in play. And you know John would probably like his chances, yeah. and they could use this budding rival. You didn't see him DM him? No. They had a little bit of banter back and forth about, I guess – the way Ty explained it was, he doesn't even really know, but he goes, Someone must have asked me about it, would you fight John Jones? And he was like, Yeah, sure. Like, he didn't even think anything of it. And then John DMs him, like, Yo, keep training, blah, 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 blah. We'll see you down the road. And then Ty is like, You know, Ty doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. like, Yeah, whatever you say, bitch, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they had this back and forth. And then eventually, John just blocked him. But Ty published it. Yeah, we did, uh, Luke Thomas. Uh, yeah, sort of. He tried to block him. But the point I'm trying to say is, Well, he hasn't ever blocked me, actually, which is kind of weird. But long story short, uh, there he posted the the DM discussion you could absolutely turn it into something if Ty can get what would be easily the biggest one oh, of his yeah. career we thought Derek Lewis was the apex but if you go and you beat uh, Cyril Gaon, forget it that's a whole new ballgame.
1: that that would be a monster fight for the interim title John Jones against Tui Vasa who's you know the people's superhero that would be amazing that would be wild. you could
0: put that on several different continents too that fight's big enough yeah you can you can do it from space. Put that motherfucker on Mars. Yeah, well. yeah,
1: that's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's go to the co event. This one matters too, Luke. It's a middleweight tilt with not equal, but decently similar potential title, indicate. you know, imp- improprieties, implications, implications. There we go. Uh, former champion Robert Whittaker is a minus 210 favorite here, fresh off the close loss to Adesanya in the rematch for the title. Against Marvin Vittori, Luke, plus 180. He also got as far as the title level coming up empty against Adesanya. Uh, good fight, the right time for this fight. But there's been a little back and forth with them with essentially Whitaker hearing Vittori's statements about how he might win or match up and saying, like, paraphrasing, you're not on my level here. Like, I, you've never seen a fighter like me. Well, he did see Adesanya. So, he, you know, that's a different type of conversation. Go ahead. Go ahead. But is this the true Face of what Vittori has to face this weekend is not just a win, but you are fighting a guy who, in most categories, you know, could be your daddy.
0: What are you asking me?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I am just. Uh, it's, this is not a come on, Luke. Okay, if that's what you're, if that's where if that's where you're trying to go with this, uh, is it as blunt as that? Vittori can win this fight. He is deserves to be in this fight, but it's an uphill battle in most lanes he could take to try to win this fight, Luke.
0: Um, I'm not as down on his chances as most people, and it's not like I don't think that Robert Whitaker is the deserving favorite. What, what do the odds makers have him as? They've uh, got Whitaker it as plus one eighty for Vittori. And yeah, plus one ninety minus two thirty I have right here, which is the latest movement on the line. That sounds about right to me. I, I mean I definitely think Whitaker should win. I suspect that he will. He is the more skilled of the two, and skills win fights. But I gotta tell you, like, I feel like Vitor. He's got this aggro personality where, even did you see the face-off today, the weigh-ins? I did not. He, You know, they they each shake hands with the Mick Maynard who was doing the face-offs. And then you see uh, Vittori reach his hand in for a, uh, a handshake, as does Whitaker. And before Whitaker can complete the handshake, he goes, ah, da 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 and then poses up with him. Like, he's got this, you know, first guy into the mosh pit kind of attitude, which I think makes people think that he's a dumb fighter or something, but he's not. He's actually pretty skilled. He's actually the more physical, I would say, of the two. Now, of course, Robert Whitaker went 10 rounds or whatever it was with Yoel Romero. But wouldn't
1: you say Whitaker's lack of physicality, like in places like the clinch, that maybe those were areas he could have tried to one-up on Asanya better?
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDIC. That's just. I. Bad. The problem is that Izzy is so um, defensively squirmy in those positions. It's really hard to to. So get... would
1: we agree that in some ways, Whitaker is Colby and Adesanya is Usman?
0: Well, it's a, there's a question about how good Colby is. To me, there's no question about how good Robert Whitaker is. Like he I think is... he's
1: an all time great who just happens to have in. A a real potential goat on top of him.
0: Yeah, he's something like Cormier to is Jones. Something like. I mean, that's you know, that's not quite right, but there's something to be said for that. So I think he's that good. I think he is exceptionally talented. The only thing I just want to say, the only thing I want to point out is, dude, Vittori is sneaky. He's sneaky. His game is a little conventional. I understand he doesn't have all the tricks that Whitaker does. Again, Whitaker should win this fight, but Vittori is also young. He consistently works his ass off. He gets better fight over fight. You can see it.
1: Can he be a finisher on this level? Because that's the thing that's that sometimes been so, so that's one
0: of the things that's holding him back is his finishing capacity, which I think against Whitaker, you know, doesn't give him a lot of room for error. He needs to insert more, like, lethality to his game. And so for that reason, I'm going to pick Whitaker here. But I, I want to be clear, like, I would be very surprised if Tai Ivasa won. I would not be all that surprised if Marvin Vittori shows us the new gear here. See,
1: maybe I just... Somehow ended up worshiping at the altar of Robert Whitaker, but I would be very surprised because my first question would be, was it a Whitaker injury? Did his chin go out overnight? I don't see the path to victory. I don't see a potential clean, you, you know, unanimous decision here. Well,
0: how about this? If he can't get the takedown, then I would be surprised if he beats Whitaker. That's my issue. But he's good for two takedowns per 15 minutes. This is a 15-minute fight. By the way, I, I, the fight should be five rounds if you ask me, but whatever. Um, how is this not? Oh, this is a Coleman. Yeah, Coleman, you're, yeah, yeah. you're right. It's a Coleman. No, you're, when
1: it's when it's a, oh, when it's a bootleg number one contender, or de facto number one contender, which this is. Yeah. you're right. It should be. Should be
0: five rounds. So the point I'm trying to make here is, if he can now, if he can't get the takedown, it's just hard to see how a stick and move operator in the way that Whitaker with this sublime timing will get hit. But if he can find a way to actually like wrap up with him, see how that goes. If he can get on top, mm, anything's possible, dude. And you're like, oh well, you, what about you? Well, you well couldn't get a lot done. Yoel doesn't have, Yoel had major athletic ability, obviously, and he had good takedowns, but he didn't really have good control at all. He didn't have very much meaningful ground and pound with the exception of a few fights like the Machida one and some other ones. He was very loose with the control. That's why Whitaker was able to, he got thrashed a little bit, but was able to survive and then ultimately defeat him. Vittori doesn't have that same wrestling ability, but his control all the way through is much more. Um, succinct, I would actually say. The thing is,
1: I I don't see areas where even if Vittori has a run of getting takedowns that he's going to be able to get off the type of ground and pound cleanly that would make those long-term an advantageous use of his own gas tank.
0: The fact that he's, what, 28? Yes. That doesn't give you pause about his ability to get better between fights? This is not a 33-year-old guy where you kind of are who you are at that point. You can switch things around here or there. At 28, you're still making
1: big leaps. Okay, well, he's going to have to make that big leap.
0: Yes, agreed. 100% agreed. Like,
1: can't, like, when Cannonier arrived as a heavyweight, the power was frightening, but his ability to, on the job to become a very good boxer allowed him to get to the title. Totally
0: true. If if what Vittori has for Whitaker is what he has shown us, it's not enough. Okay. Okay. I'm merely saying... You know, be careful pigeonholing these guys. You know, we won't talk about it, but the resume review that we did, you go back and look at this guy, the career he was in at age 26, you're like, my Lord, like he wasn't even close to his full potential at this point. So I just want to point that out. Whitaker should win. Whitaker's the better fighter. But mm-Vittoria's a little bit disrespected.
1: Luke, is there a uh, car, is there a, oh, by the way, I think it's going to be a decision. I think it's going to be one of those hard run Robert Whitaker three-round decisions.
0: By the way, go let ahead. me ask you this. What if, what if uh, Whitaker goes in there and finishes him off? That's like, that's people. This is what I'm talking about with Vittori, dude. Vittori is a rock. He's a rock. Imagine if Whitaker goes in there and just polishes him off. That would be fucking impressive. That would be huge. I don't want him to go to 205. This is his division. Like, if, I'll tell you this much. If Izzy, how about this much? If Whitaker goes in there and, and like demolishes Vittori, like puts him on skates, I want Whitaker to get the winner of Pereira or Izzy, like for sure. Even if it's a third fight with Izzy, I would I would love to see that one for sure against Pereira as well.
1: All right. All right. I'm with you on that. Luke, when you look up and down this fight card the rest of the way, uh, we're not going to lie. It's not loaded. We got it's loaded with we,
0: some French. Talent. We hit
1: some um, some storylines on Wednesday regarding everyone from Dick Rico to New Manza, Luke. But what is the most important fight? After the Co Main and Main here,
0: it is the uh, new Mansa fight. It's the Imovov taking on Joaquin Buckley. So the French actually wrote me after what was it Monday or Wednesday show? When you
1: say the French, you mean the government or the?
0: Yes, the uh, yes Macron. <laughs> he, he emailed me. Uh, no, there's some French MMA fans messaged me and they were telling me that this fight is in this place for a very particular reason that it's going to air on some French channels or whatever which one it is, and they wanted this fight. Um, in particular, located and prime time on over-the-air wow. French television, which is why they put it where they did. So that's why it was so low on the card, because you would imagine, like given the state, that
1: explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's why they did it. It's like when they have, it's like having a main event for the prelims for some kind of thing. It's sort of like that. In any case, it's a middleweight contest, and both of these dudes are absolute beasts. In the case of Imavov, coming in off wins over Heinrich and Shabazian, and in the case of uh, New Mansa, dude, I was surprised. I thought Dariot was going to give him a, a, a hard time after the fight with uh, Razak Al Hassan. And dude, he, Buckley looks—he
1: looked fantastic. I think in that he's thing. putting in the work and it's showing. Like, yes. Like, and I don't mean cardio or whatever. I mean like the work to to. F- refine his craft yes and it's and it's growing he it, it's he's getting your attention with the win streak we know what he can do in terms of a you know crazy knockout but he's got to be able to completely manage a fight on his terms and start taking over guys and this would be the time to do that against an opponent this dangerous like you get this win you're you're officially for real
0: right and Imavov is high octane striker in terms of least volume landing 4.29 strikes per minute buckley just 3.74 that's not low but it's not as high obviously as his opponent how about this strikes absorb per minute 2.23 for Imavov. so he has a uh, a more than two integer uh, positive differential that's very high taking on just a 3.42 Buckley Buckley has a positive differential of about 0.3 so they've not faced the same opponents so it's not all the same but I'm just trying to point out Immavov is a real threat to Buckley does different things again higher volume a little bit more efficient Better defense. So this is going to be a real test of Buckley. But Buckley, by the way, somewhat underrated as somebody who can mix it up in the grappling and wrestling department as well. And probably the heavier handed of the two.
1: Plus 210, Joaquin Buckley, minus 250. Imamov.
0: Imavov also a submission threat as well. He can be at times. Good ass but.
1: fight, uh, you, you're going to tune into Air Jordan here, Luke.
0: Yes, he's good as well. I uh, Obviously, have a lot of respect Charles for Jordan him.
1: Jordan versus Nathaniel Wood.
0: Nathaniel Wood, previous bantamweight, coming up uh, to uh, featherweight for this contest. Jordan, I thought gave Burgos. You could you could maybe squint and argue he beat Burgos, but at a bare minimum, certainly in that last round, he gave Burgos everything he could handle. Right back on the horse. I do like this for him. Uh, obviously, he speaks French even though he's Canadian. So. Um, probably good for media over in that side of the world as well. This is a great fight uh, um, on top of it. Too
1: bad Tommy. By the way, I
0: was wrong. Ferez Ziam is not the dude who was yeah, shouting out. People uh, are
1: upset about that, Luke. All
0: that, right. Well, I, I fucked that, that, that you up. villainized sorry. this man. I, I apologize. It's not, that's not the guy. It's uh, a different one. So, oh. And by the way, uh, Figlak. for folks who may not know, devastating body puncher from the regional scene. Uh, I know this is his UFC debut. I saw some stuff on social media that folks were hyping him up. I took a look at it. Uh, looks like he could be an interesting an interesting um, addition All right. uh, to the
1: UFC roster. I keep my eyes open. This is, what, a 3 p.m. Eastern main card start 3 p.m. Start main card start, yeah, I that's right. I think they were targeting around 5.15. The main event would be uh, prelims, I don't know, 11 a.m., I don't know, noon, something like that. Yes, Why don't you and, go and we and will
0: have later. a post-fight show. I will be doing one.
1: Do you feel like Tom Ducanwa just missed the window, man? If you're going to come out of retirement, this would have been the night, right?
0: Yeah, that's funny. I hadn't thought much about Tom Dukinwa fireball.
1: What do you think he's done since retiring from the UFC besides just tear up the French community?
0: Uh, you mean with his D? With his D? <laughs> There's some Ds yes, on that bitch, Yes. Bench. yes. Uh, probably just that. Just probably that. just that. Yeah. It's probably kept his time That's occupied. That's called the victory lap right there, right? I know. Can you imagine looking the way he looks? It just must be wow. it must be nice.
1: Uh, who? Do you have a working top three of your favorite French-born people of all time? I'm going to go Andre the Giant number one. <laughs> right? Right? Favorite French-born? French-born, yeah. P- uh, Picasso, is he uh, even French? My brother. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's my brother right. was born in France. Does your brother watch any combat sports? Uh,
0: He's a casual.
1: Okay. He's a casual. You know who his favorite fighter is? Lyoto
0: Machida. I was going to say it's
1: going to be a thinker.
0: Yeah, That's what it's going to be, a thinker. My brother taught me how to play chess. He's very good at it.
1: Do you think your brother will ever appear on any MK vehicle under any circumstance?
0: Under any circumstance, Yes.
1: Like, could I get him on Zoom for your 50th birthday, Luke?
0: No. No.
1: No, you couldn't. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you to the Thomas family for supporting I can't
0: us. say this enough. Like, <laughs> people think I'm doing a bit. They don't like me.
1: All right. <laughs> they uh, think I'm a failure, so there you go. Uh, Luke, we're going to go to uh, topic number two. Let's do that. Unless you got more UFC to talk about here. UFC. And the French. Uh,
0: you skipped, by the way, the uh, Argentine on this one.
1: Then let's talk uh, about it. Who are we talking about here?
0: Stephanie Egger taking on Eileen Perez eileen it's spelled it's pronounced eileen okay. uh but it's called a island
1: boy right
0: you're an island perez uh yeah do you think those head guys
1: head. those guys smashed because of that bit
0: yeah but like what quality i mean I wonder, can you imagine they- that you meeting someone to be like why wow, you banged one of the island boys like <laughs> i have i have no respect
1: what for if them? you found out that they were ambassadors of like a bbl appreciation club they were like like the, the founders of it I'd mitigate my a little bit. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to be watching out for uh, Alessio Di Rico against. Yeah, uh, look at look at of. look at this
0: zero right here, Jake. Just hey, chewing his nails. Dude, Jake
1: is an artist. Farting on, is... farting on himself. Yeah, yeah, that's Jake von Amsterdam there from the uh, the coast of Canada, born and raised there. There you go. All right, uh, let's continue this to the weekend in boxing, Luke. Not a our, huge our one. Our MK audience loves boxing per se, but there's a couple things to talk about. Let's start off first. Um, with the big one, Sunday night, look, a Sunday night, pay-per-view, PBC on Fox offering us a heavyweight tilt. That is interesting. Luke, is it 74.95? Interesting? That may be a debate for another day, but Andrew Ruiz Jr. will enter as a big favorite, minus 400 when he takes on the still dangerous, supposedly 43-year-old Luis Ortiz, plus 290 for the Cuban heavyweight, who's only lost his remain... Knockouts against Deontay Wilder in fights that he was either winning or, you know, right there on the scorecards. But Luke, Luis Ortiz, even though he's got a couple nice wins to get here, including Charles Martin on pay-per-view, took damage, got dropped twice in that fight. He's not what he once was. No one knows his age, but he's still got a punch. And Andrew Ruiz can be... It Andy consistent. Ruiz looks like
0: he's in good shape.
1: He dude. can be inconsistent. So you want to start with the Andy shape because we yeah, got a video. Yeah, I do.
0: I think that's the. I think that's the thing our fans will remember most. Can we most. throw
1: to this promotional video that Andy Ruiz put out during a Fox TV, uh, you know, promotional ad here for the fight? Uh, they've been calling this the Alex Jones body, Luke.
0: Because <laughs> he's still kind of kind of chubby. But like those. But look are, at the abs. Those are abs, I think. Yeah.
1: Luke. So look, he's worked, and if you want to ask yourselves, like. What's at stake here, to be very fair, Deontay Wilder's going to fight in a separate PBC on Fox pay-per-view against Robert Helenius. Fox has been wanting to match these two together from the beginning. That's still a big fight, Deontay Wilder Wilder. versus versus, uh, Ruiz. So for Ruiz, there is reason to get in this kind of shape. So what does this dedication do for your expectations of who wins this fight?
0: I'll say this. I think that Ruiz, when he has looked in his better rounds and his better fights, it's when he has been – it's hand speed. Hand speed and combination, and foot speed to an extent, actually, have been the hallmarks for a guy this big who can do a lot. And if he's that slim, which means he's got offense later in a fight, uh, which means he's actually been in the gym practicing his craft, which means he can maximize the skills, the physical attributes that, will, that have carried him to victory in ways, and, and you know, his best attributes, again, the hand speed. I, I have a lot of confidence. Luis Ortiz is slower anyway. a little more plotting anyway, and probably a little more thoughtful of a boxer, shot for shot, exchange for exchange. He's obviously Cuban and sort of thinks things through. Andy is a little bit more kind of in your face Mm -hmm. with the hand speed. But I think, you know, I don't really know where Luis Ortiz is in his career anymore. He's much older. Andy is still pretty young. Andy has decent firepower. And again, I can't say it enough, his speed for a guy that size is remarkable. And if he's in shape, it should be really good. He might
1: give old Ortiz some serious problems. Well, look, Andy has not been overly active since upsetting Anthony Joshua in 2019 to win the title as a late replacement it and then blowing up in, in weight event and losing rematch. the rematch. But we did see him on pay-per-view against Chris Ariola and Luke. Even though Andy came back in pretty good shape and even though he won that fight in the end, he got dropped in that fight against an Areola that we were like, is he too old? To even Joshua
0: dropped him in the first fight too.
1: So that, I think entertainment-wise, even if Andy Ruiz is the – is the more prime product that still has more left in the tank and probably should win even if they get wild and trade knockdowns. Luke, I kind of feel like they're going to get wild and trade knockdowns. So, entertainment-wise, like, look, should Luis Ortiz and Charles Martin have ever been a pay-per-view, like, under no circumstances at all? But the fight was actually pretty damn fun. So, there's a couple things on the undercard worth talking about. I will in a second. How does this end? Does this end in an Andy Ruiz, like, resurging knockout win?
0: I think it ends with him winning like eight rounds to four or seven rounds to five. See, he's not
1: a big puncher, even though he stopped AJ. It took him a while after hurting
0: him. Yes, right? it did. Although he is a favorite. But again, this is boxing where he's about a minus three fifty, minus four hundred favorite to about a plus two seventy-five, plus two ninety for Luis Ortiz. That sounds like a lot, but in boxing, that's pretty narrow odds, actually. But I think that's right. I think I give him the slight edge. I think I just think I just think his resiliency and his work rate, I think that will carry the day.
1: Do you think Luis Ortiz, with a win, could get himself a third Deontay Wilder fight?
0: I fucking hope not. I fucking
1: hope not. Uh, This fight will be wild. I think you got to like Ruiz. I don't think he's going to necessarily stop uh, um, Ortiz, because even though Ortiz, it surprised us that he went down twice against Charles Martin, and no, he's not as quick and elusive as he was in even the Wilder fights. Um, he's got a good chin, though, and he's and he's tough. I mean, okay, so he's Luis got a, Ortiz? Yeah, like Wilder eventually got to him, but Wilder landed freaking bombs on him, right? And
0: also, Luis Ortiz rocked Wilder badly in their yeah. first fight as well. So I think
1: Ortiz is going to fight to the end, unless he gasses. Um, but I think this could be sloppy, and it could be a lot of fun. Uh,
0: actually, it's on Sunday night, as you mentioned, not, yeah. not Saturday. Sunday night fight.
1: A lot at stake. Uh, Andrew Ruiz shouted you out in the media. He said, uh, I wanted to let Luke Thomas know, my goal in this fight is to become the first. Heavyweight champion of boxing history with Astats. Did he shout me out? He's, he's, like, really, he's, he's very good. Like nice shout out of him. Luke Thomas yeah. for this motivation right there. Luke, the Coleman event gives us uh the. No return. one is more
0: traumatized by the tattoo convention than you.
1: The Astats, yes. Yes. it's 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 just so unnecessary.
0: No, it's not quite. Uh, the opposite. It's actually quite necessary.
1: Luke, Isak Pitbull Cruz is on is continuing his comeback trail from that close pay-per-view loss to Tank Davis, in which Look, he didn't do bad, Luke. And on a late notice, he came in there and kind of had moments. It was a close decision win in the end, right? The tank fight? People forget that. Mm -hmm. He's going to take on Eduardo Romero as a plus 475 underdog against the minus 750 Cruz. But Cruz is talking about, hey, if I win this, I want tank again. Is there an appetite for a tank rematch?
0: No. Not right now. All people want out of Tank Davis, and I don't know if it will happen... But all people want right now is that Ryan Garcia, yes,
1: fight. or Haney, or, somebody, or in Haney, that, somebody in that
0: somebody who's got a big name. Cruz, we've talked about Cruz on this show a number of times. If you've not seen him, little short dude, doesn't have a big mouth, but he is an absolute dog. In fact, I think his nickname is Pitbull. He is a come-forward, heavy-handed fighter. He goes to the body, then upstairs. He swings for the fences. He's exciting and he's dangerous. He's actually pretty good too. But, but all eyes right now are on getting Tank Davis a marquee name. Right. Which Isak Cruz is not.
1: Right, because, uh, you know, I enjoyed the Rolly Romero Fest, but, you know, the critics are saying, look, it's another sort of, like, fun fight. We want to see you against the very best. I hope one of those fights can be made. Luke, we would be remiss if we didn't mention our Showtime colleague, Abner Morris, also returning. Mm. He's been off for four years with multiple eye injuries. He was going to come back in 2019 against Tank Davis, by the way, and then had a detached retina leading into that fight. He's coming back at age 36, he says, not for the the glory. You know, he said the money's good, but that's not the thing. He just wants to prove to himself, Luke, that he can come back. Last time we saw him, he fought. Uh, I thought he had a case to win this. It was a rematch with Leo Santa Cruz, another fight of the year candidate, as their two fights were. He lost a close one. We haven't seen him since. He's taking on, I believe, uh, is it Moises Flores? I forgot. I don't have the name in front of me. A guy who's pretty good. It's going to be a lightweight fight. What do we expect out of Abner here?
0: I don't know. I... You know, we, but by the way, when you say Showtime colleague, it's like, well, he's with Showtime. Uh, I don't know if we're his colleague exactly. But I would say that um, you know, that eye injury always looked pretty bad to me, if I can just be honest oh. with you. It looked bad. And I'm, certain, I'm not going to sit here and make fun of him for it. I mean, the guy sacrificed everything in his career to, uh, to be successful, and that's the scar that he has to live with, so to speak. But I don't know what that means for his competitive boxing ability. Um, he, if you, I remember when Moraes didn't have an eye issue; he was just, you know, looked sort of like a regular dude. And now the eye is kind of all
1: askew. Three division champion. He at was his, very good. At his he was peak, very he could good. mix up the boxing and the punching. The second half of his career, he was more of a fast-paced, like skilled brawler. Um, it's okay. going to be a fun fight, regardless. I hope for his sake he can get out of this what he wants yes. to, Luke. Yes. I wonder. I mean, if he looks spectacular, people will want to fight that name. Yes. That is for sure. For sure. For sure. That uh, for sure
0: so. that's true. But you know, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what his condition is. If the commission has licensed him and, and looked at it, and there's a good oh, reason.
1: he for... had to go through extensive testing with the fair enough. So that's
0: something. But if I, I, you know, am I am I skeptical that this is a thing that he can do again in the way? Certainly, the way he did it before. I am skeptical, well, but says, I certainly hope he can get out of this what he wants.
1: Abner has said that people need to realize he's been in the gym the entire time working, you know, potentially for a comeback or he had the comeback scheduled. So sometimes that keeps the guy fresher than you think. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he can get it done. Uh, Luke, topic number three takes us back to the world of MMA. How about this? Former UFC light heavyweight title challenger Dominic Reyes, who's been off for a while following multiple defeats, has changed his camp in a dramatic way. Hello, CT, yeah. Luke. Connecticut's own Glover Tashara, the king of Connecticut, runs that camp in what? Danbury Bethel area, Connecticut, alongside yep. uh, a growing number of fighters, including Alex Pededa, who's gonna be fighting uh, Adesanya for the title coming up in New York City. So, Luke, this is pretty big news, but let's look at this photo that's come leaked out of those sessions. Yeah. In which Dom Reyes is posing with one. Alex Padilla put that full screen Corey former glory King dude look at that so just to let everybody know what what we're staring at is that Reyes is the light heavyweight is the middleweight yeah yet they look two divisions
0: apart and so I mean he looks like he's sitting next to a heavyweight
1: you know that's insane mm-hmm. how big potato looks now I didn't know it was played at first because it's he's, he's so, so fucking big yeah when he cuts down he's so much like yeah. refined and thinner and and you know uh
0: here's what dom reyes says quote after much deliberation and prayer i have decided i'm going to be doing my next camp in danbury connecticut with uh Teixeira mma and fitness what coach uh what's this guy's name fernelli Feliz?
1: yeah fernelli Feliz senior he's the ex boxer
0: yeah what he's done with glover teshira is a testament to the dedication and detail and his ability to maximize the individual fighter's personality and abilities the environment the coaches career is one of the best of uh I've honestly seen. On top of that, I'm blessed to be surrounded by so much talent and knowledge. Glover has a vast well of UFC and MMA knowledge. His toughness, grit, and character—it's awesome. Alex Poatan Pereira, his size, strength, speed, and work ethic, and overall ability, is second to none in the middleweight division. You're
1: going really good if you train with Pereira.
0: And uh, he just keeps going on and says a bunch of good things. So yeah, he's going to be up in Danbury, in this. side of the- And I got to say, like, I don't know exactly what he was. Um, so initially, uh, Reyes was a guy with uh, Joe Daddy Stevenson. Yes. And he – I thought he – again, I keep saying it. The only guy I've ever thought who really beat John Jones was Dominic Reyes. I really thought he did. Um, I thought he got screwed by the judges. But then subsequent to that, he hasn't looked all that great, to be honest with you. So I don't know what went wrong in the training environment. I don't know if this is the actual solution. But I will say it's good that Glover's allowing another light heavyweight to enter the stable because it obviously signals he probably doesn't have much left Mm -hmm. in the the sport. Anyway – I
1: think he's going to retire – win or lose the rematch with Yeri. Think so? Yep.
0: Yeah, probably you're right. So anyway, him coming to this side of things, a little powerhouse being developed for bigger fighters yeah. in the Connecticut area, I got to tell you, I find it intriguing. And then to see this photo of Pereira. Now, I have seen, I had a uh, Sirius XM party where Reyes and Izzy both showed up. So I saw them face to face. They also look comparable in size. Mm-hmm. But the, show the picture one more time if we have it of Pereira. And you kind of highlighted it here. I just want to show it one more time. Again, full screen, if you don't mind, or a three box. Dude, the thickness of of that dude. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably ridiculous.
1: Yet, to, he's yet to make the cut for the Adesanya fight, obviously. But um, it's just... Reyes
0: isn't cutting here, is he? I don't think he's cutting here. No. He's... So this is just, a, you know, I'm sure they're in training and they're eating reasonably well. And, you know, so they're down a little bit, but... Good lord! I, you just can't believe the size of this man. So, Luke,
1: since Glover Teixeira was our first guest ever on the Room Service Diaries 2.0 couch here, we should build a pipeline with um, with his gym and get get Dom Reyes right in here. Let's let's find out about this. All right? Let's get Dom Reyes Dom, in here. Let's get Canada in here with right? some
0: Portuguese translators. Yeah. Well, well, actually, do you speak Portuguese? Yeah, of course you don't. She speaks Syrian. You speak Arabic? Yeah. You do? Okay. I mean, I, I, there you go. Is that yeah. clarification? That's
1: everybody. That's everybody. Look, you're having a conversation with one person. The rest of us are just listening in and on it. Well, weird, this is the know? Morning Combat side podcast. All right. All right. Uh, so that's the deal. Um, what? When do we think uh, – like, does Dom Reyes jump right back in and fight a top five guy? I mean, what, what the heck's going to happen
0: here? So if we look at the rankings – I thought about this as well. Let me pull them up here. If we look at the rankings, this is where things stand at light heavyweight for Dom Reyes. He currently is sitting at seven. Around that space is Jamal Hill who had the win recently. Um, Anthony Smith, but he has the injury issue. I don't really know what his situation is. There's the Uzdemir fight, there's Tiago Santos, and then there's Paul Craig. I think any of those work for me.
1: Paul Craig would be an interesting Paul Craig's play. a fun
0: little one, right? Because if you're right. not careful with Paul Craig, he will fuck you up. Yeah. But if you're if you're really on your P's and Q's, if you're minding it. he'll paint
1: his face and be like real weird and stuff, you know. I like that. I like that in people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luke, you good with that? All right, let's yeah, keep it going. Topic number four will be some quick hitters. Let's get Luke Thomas' opinion instantly to some of the biggest headlines in the last couple days in combat sports. Luke Kyoji Horiguchi, fresh off of losing to Pat G-Mix in the first round of the Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix, has said his return It's going to come in Japan at Ryzen 38 versus Yuto Hakamura, who has a 14-11 and 11 with two draw record. Luke, that's September 25th. Um, Horiguchi's future, I mean, he's still the, the, the two losses in a row were, su- were were surprising, for sure, especially getting knocked out by Pettis in a fight he was dominating Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's, there's there's gas in that tank for another big run, right?
0: Uh, here's what I love about this fight, everyone's gonna be like, oh, this is a mismatch, yes, yes this is yeah. a mismatch, yeah. it's designed to be that way, to get Horiguchi a tune-up fight, not a problem with it, even a little bit, zero issue
1: with it, um, is there he, should be more of them, in it's Ryzen, way. right, Ryzen Mojo Ryzen I definitely don't think it's risen. Yeah, that sounds very American of me, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Luke, Maybe it's Dazone. Speaking of that same September 25th card for Ryzen 38, uh, Floyd Mayweather's going to be boxing on that card, Yay. Luke. His opponent is Makuru Asakura, MMA fighter? Uh, or Muay Thai, any. right?
0: Yeah, I've not really paid any attention.
1: Well, look, they did a face-off to promote this fight a month out, and things might have gotten testy because Floyd's – bodyguard had to jump in and regulate he mounted up here Luke all right regulators um I you mean, don't could, could his bodyguard have a worse haircut you don't, <laughs> you don't care about this at all do you no no
0: not even a little
1: would you go as far as saying it's numbers wow I mean shot. what are we
0: doing what are we doing okay here? what okay. are we doing here and then Floyd's like oh no I got it. by the way Floyd he's barely taller than Floyd
1: what channel will this be on illegal stream
0: I don't think this is airing in the American market that's my okay. understanding
1: Okay, it'll be on the illegal stream channel. I'll be there. I'll check. I'll be with you, Floyd. I'll rock with you, Floyd. Uh, Luke, Michelle Padeda continues to campaign publicly for a Steven Wonderboy Thompson fight at Welterweight. Okay. He tweeted out this quote I want to fight him, meaning Thompson, and he wants to fight me. I don't understand why this fight is not happening. I found out today that he wants to fight me. I want to fight him, but for some reason, the UFC doesn't want to close this fight. And I don't know why this is already. I'm winning five consecutive wins. All my fights, I have always have a great performance. I deserve this fight. End quote, Podeta. Do the fans deserve this fight?
0: Look. Sure. I mean, I think Wonderboy, you know, there was the rumors of Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah, you don't want that. You Probably know. not the fight he would want. But uh, this one makes to me a little bit more sense. A little bit more winnable in either direction. And could be fun. Could be acrobatic. Could be uh, crazy. Yeah, I think it's a good way
1: Podeta- to go. Are you? Do you consider Pedata? in the larger title discussion no. or no no, 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 no. No, I don't at all. No, okay, that's that's fair, all right. Luke, did you know that Drake won 3.7 million betting on a UFC parlay that included Molly McCann and Patty Pimblett winning, Luke?
0: Yeah, which is why the Drake curse things are fucking stupid and did you he know- does lose a lot but he wins enough to keep well, the-
1: Well, he promised them Rolexes after I did that. See that. He yeah. came through, let's watch and listen to the video here, Luke, of Patty. A 129 business off, like yeah. Finish oh, right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nice one for that, Drake. Thank you very much. He said he'd get us a roll Actually, he's got us one. Well. You would have been able to get us a better watch if you with the bet with Bar still, you would have got more money. But thank you very much, really appreciate that lad. Nice. Um
0: the Belter. I guess that means good. That
1: video felt very nelk boyish, right? It felt like I don't know, it just felt weird. I don't know f-
0: why. He gotta watch. he didn't do anything. Yeah, he gotta fine. watch. All right, you gotta watch. That's cool. You-, you love to hate on the uh Scousers. I don't know what is up with you. Are they
1: are they rivals with the Welsh or are they the same, Luke? Scousers are people from Liverpool. They're but they're that's the neighboring, kind of. Well, not really with the water there. We kinda, of, right?
0: Well, I mean, they're British. I don't, I'm not sure what you're asking me.
1: They're close by on the map. I'm wondering if they're rivals, or is it just me versus them, Luke?
0: I think it's just you versus
1: them. I, I bet I could rise up Wales on my back, you know? I bet you couldn't. I could call. I could call Kalzagi. <laughs> all right, all right, Luke. Uh, let's pick up. From uh, UFC, as we teased earlier, but it's real. The Venom apparel deal has now been re-signed on a multi-year deal. Yep. Look, I don't, I really don't understand how how you people, meaning you and the MK Universe, could believe that the Venom kit looks that much better than Reebok. it looks I mean, awful. it's not saying
0: much. It's not like the Reebok kit looked great. Yeah, when
1: you go back and rewatch fights, and it's like prime Reebok deal, it looks professional. It looks, it looks terrible. The lines are, you know, firm, and it's, it's. Dude,
0: Venom has fr- like.
1: Venom looks like underwear that like a twenty-one-year-old like new metal fan would wear. right?
0: No, they look like uh, athletic gear you would wear on the deck of the Starship Enterprise.
1: It's just we- it's just weird to me. I don't like I don't like it, Luke, at all.
0: As you wear like well, actually, I actually like all the smoke yeah. gear, but you look weird in it.
1: Look, there's a report out there uh, that Darren Till was arrested in July by the Stockholm Seems police so out of character. <laughs> for DUI. Uh, this, does this concern you, Luke? I mean, well, it's
0: like, didn't he steal a cab in Spain and he got arrested for that? Not he's too wild. Long? No, he's
1: wild. He's out of control. My Remember man. when he used to punk Mike Perry in public all the time?
0: Yeah, my man is getting arrested in all kinds of places. Uh, listen, I mean, I, 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 how old is Darren Till? How old is Darren Till? I, I, my rule on getting arrested for drunk stuff is, like, I'm very forgiving if you're in your 20s. Okay, he's still 29. Now, he'll turn 30 in December. The day be- God, his birthday is the day before Christmas. That sucks.
1: They call that uh, like Christmas Eve where I come from.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, okay, but that Christmas Eve is the night, fuckface. Christmas Eve day. I mean, that's yeah, a weird yeah, thing Christmas to say. Eve day, yeah, yeah. The day before Christmas, whatever. The point I'm trying to make is uh, I forgive most. What's your most heinous drunk crime? Because <laughs> 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 I've, I've never done DUI, I've never. But I've had friends who had DUIs in their 20s and they turned out later in their 30s. That's I don't why think I was, it would be That's good. why I was early on very forgiving of John Jones. Because I knew people who, like, would fuck up and then get their shit together, and they yeah. were fine. Yeah. So if this is the thing he's on where it's just his 20s, I'm going to be much more forgiving. But if this keeps going into the 30s, that's when you, that's when you, you know, got some bigger issues to fix.
1: Uh, Luke, we have an official retirement announcement, and it came via MMA Fighting's Portuguese language podcast, Trocaco Franca.
0: I don't think that's how you say that. I think
1: that is. Vanderlei silva luke is saying that he is uh retired from mma although he's still interested in taking boxing matches i
0: think it's troca Sal.
1: and he is clearing the way for his 19 year old son thor who's going to make his amateur debut this is uh the ex-murder basically saying look my son's the next generation i'm officially out i didn't know he was still in luke
0: you know how like lebron wants to play with uh his his two boys braun yes you know <laughs> i want some mma dad to be such a fucking nuisance That he wants to like, I'm going to, I want my son's UFC debut to be against me. So like Antonio, dude.
1: What if AJ and Antonio turned on each other and they're like, let's settle it in the cage?
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't know what commission would like sanction that. But part of me wants to see like that commission is called BKFC. They'd love yeah. that. <laughs> They'd love that. So, some like shady commission where yeah. dad fights the son to initiate like that is like a gang initiation to <laughs> hate them in. Tachi Palace also, presents. Also, yeah. you didn't. You skipped the part where Wanderlei Silva on like an extraordinarily right wing platform wants to run for office. So there's that too. All right. What's up with all the MMA legends not just running for office? But like with far right platforms. Have you notice that? Yes. Like there's no one in the middle or to the left. It's just all the way over to the, the past, far right. In
1: the past? Although, um, The ex-murderer has, you know, maybe more famous fights. Um, You've disparaged the quality of that Chuck Liddell classic brawl they had.
0: Uh, Because that's what casuals think is one of his better fights. It's not.
1: That's not what we're saying, though. We're not saying that's his best album. Also,
0: that fight came way too late and wasn't that great. But
1: just because he turned out a jazz album late in his career doesn't mean it's not great, Luke, okay? (laughs) I mean, you didn't like that? It's
0: okay. It's okay. Okay, that fight
1: ruled, dude.
0: It's okay. It's just okay.
1: It bought Chuck a couple more knockouts.
0: If you were, if you were familiar at all with his Pride catalog, that well, fight. Which is... I am, of course. Are you? Were you we really? Yeah.
1: Luke, I was cage side for Chael Vendale 3, okay?
0: Uh, in Bellator? Yes. <laughs>
1: all right. I've been there, Luke, okay? I'm just saying. I've been hey, on the ground. If you
0: watched him in his prime and, and pride, like the Chuck fight's fine, but it's not great.
1: Luke, ESPN's Mike Coppinger reporting through sauces that uh Reliable ones? Nayawa Inoue, the Japanese Monster, December 13th in Japan is targeting a fight with Paul Butler. The significance, all four titles at 118 pounds Ooh. would be at stake. I think it's supposed to be to clear the way for the Japanese Monster to move up and try his craft in a new weight class. Um, what do you think about this? Uh, I love that? It. Yeah.
0: Anything, anything that gets him to bigger and better, I don't know, I'll, candidly, I'm not going to sit pretend I know a lot about Paul Butler, so I don't know what to say about that, but I've seen Inoue fight now a number of times. He is everything that everyone says about him in, in good. Um, his last fight was just, I guess Donaire was a fucking mugging, and I thought it was yeah. going to be much more competitive. Yes. And I can't wait to see him fight again. He is one of the few boxers that I, like, I really am like clear the calendar for. Dude, every
1: time he moves up in weight, that power comes with him. It's, it's wild. Um, I forgot to mention that this weekend there's a DAZN card from Mexico. Uh, it's going to take place in the evening. Juan Francisco Estrada, who... Uh, Gave up his title at 115 because they didn't want to fight the mandatory opponent. Uh, He's still the sort of lineal champion in the division. Luke, he's been out a long time, 18 months since beating Chocolatito in their rematch fight of the year contender. But we all didn't think he won. We thought Chocolatito should have won. It was close. They tried to make that trilogy twice. Both had COVID one separate times and had to pull out. Now we're going to see this weekend Estrada against heavy underdog RG Cortez. But the idea per Estrada is get the win here, fight Chocolatito to close the year. Little team fight titles there at 1-1 one, one, or whatever the title situation is. I know he got stripped. There's a, he's the super franchise champion. I mean, who cares at this point? The point is, if we get Estrada Chocolatito 3, which we,
0: Chocolatito.
1: Choco, chocolate, chocolate, uh, chocolate. Luke, if we get which we've deserved already, let's let's enjoy that. OK, that's 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 all the shit I got. All right. That's your five topics for the week. <laughs> we transition to a segment which allows you, the viewer, to call us out after hearing our shit portrayed and displayed all out on the screen. Sometimes we get something wrong, but you better come with receipts. You better come hard. This one's called dead wrong. I meant in the paint. You better, like, in the paint. You know what I mean? That's what I meant. You know. Uh, what is it? Morningcombat at gmail.com, of course, your email home for this. We only have two this week, Luke, which means I've been on fire.
0: Or that the audience got lazy in fact-checking.
1: Uh, Nicholas here and Ben sliding in saying, On the Friday, August 26th episode, Luke stated... That quote, after age 40, you need a colonoscopy every year. Is this being fact-checked? They're saying for the general population, unless you were having acute GI issues or had a family condition or family history of certain cancers or conditions, a routine colonoscopy screening starts at age 45.
0: If this is normal, that's not what my GI
1: guy told me at all. If it's normal, you don't need another one for 10 years. If you have certain findings, that interval could be decreased, but rarely would it be yearly. But as a medical provider, I love you. Prom- promoting getting yourself checked out. I don't know who, which one, wrote, is it Ben? Yeah, Ben wrote this.
0: This issue. motherfucker is not a, me- wait, 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 he's a medical provider. What does he do? Hand out needles to heroin addicts? <laughs> the fuck do you know about medicine? Sh- uh, you think a doctor wrote he's like, this? He's like,
1: I want to sh- meet girls. Let's get into gynecology. I mean, certainly,
0: right? I'm not a GI specialist. I don't know. I could just say what my guy told me. And he was like, you need annual checks. And I was like, okay.
1: Maybe that's because of... Uh... You're fighting the battle, Brock Lesnar style right now. Fighting
0: that Brock Lesnar diverticulitis battle. But I'm winning right now. I blew up that commode.
1: Uh Luke Kareem coming at you, but you've already apologized for the Oh no, it's Mark, sorry. Uh hi there, Mark Kareem. from Squamish BC, Canada. With a rare dead rung for Luke from Wednesday, August 31st, at roughly oh, 31 just the thing. Yeah. yeah this sorry was, to
0: Perez de Yam. Um, I apologize for that. I fucked that up. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh love the show. Thanks for the content. All right, Luke, that'll wrap up the uh Bournemouth it. show.
0: One about sticking a camera up my butt and the other one uh, about me mislabeling a guy?
1: Beastie throwing these no-hitters every week, right?
0: Dude, there have been weeks where you had like 17 of them Shit. See,
1: I'm so self-aware that I did wrong myself in the moment.
0: I I do that sometimes. You have to.
1: Yeah. Um, We're going to close the show with a little bit of you sprinkled in here and us. Uh, We call it MK Happy Hour every once in a while on a Friday, Luke. We'll just blow off, right? There it is, just like you guys do every Friday morning at your job about 10.30, right? You're like, from here on out, it's fantasy baseball and podcasts all day, right, Luke? Uh Uh-huh. Screw the expense reports. Um, We asked you for some questions. We're going to get to some of those that you tweeted at us. But, Luke, you wanted to start off this happy hour with not only actual alcohol, but in a very particular kind of way.
0: Uh, So, yeah. So uh, let me put this on if you can read that. So this is called Golden Blood. This is the official. Is, is this is our Kelly. Let me turn it around. Hold on. Let me turn it around so you can see the back of the label. Show the back. So this is the hand selected for our friends in the band Cannibal Corpse. It's from Three Floyds distilling in Munster, Indiana. What was the expression in Kingpin? You, you got. <laughs> oh, you got. um Yeah,
1: Munson. Munson. You yeah, got yeah.
0: Munson. Yes. Um, So here's the thing about this: you actually can't buy this online. You have to go to the place in
1: Fort Wayne, Indiana,
0: or no, I guess it's Munster, Indiana. Whatever. You have to go to fucking Indiana to get this. Which I mean, so
1: you're saying a donk did that?
0: Yeah. So there's a dude who grew up, or grew up in, you know, years ago, listened to me on the radio in D.C., and I guess he moved relatively nearby to this, and he messaged me. He's like, "Would you like me to go get it?" I'm like, "Dude, you are under zero obligation to go get it." His name is Justin. Shouts to Justin. And um, he was like, "I can go get it for you." I was like, "I mean, I'm not going to say no, but you, please feel free to not do it." He did it, and he mailed it here. And so now we have a bottle, Golden Blood. Wow. I've had their, I've had the uh, Cannibal Corpse beer. It's like chocolate stout, which really isn't my favorite, but it's you know it's well made. It's from a brewery in Tampa. I actually went to the, the brewery there. We were there for the fight. My buddy yes. lives in Tampa. Um, so we want to try this. Would
1: you be willing, after we drink it, to rate it among the other celebrity whiskeys of the moment, like Proper 12? Here we go. Like Here we Tiger, go. Blood, hey, yeah, I mean.
0: Tiger Blood? Tiger Blood? You doing like a Brendan Chobb's thing? What was it called? Tiger Thick? Tiger Thick, that's it.
1: Two, three Cs? Three Cs on that?
0: Uh, single Barrel Straight Malt Whiskey, aged for four years in New Oak. We do need some cups. Yes, come on, Ashley.
1: Do <clears throat> you think Tiger Thick is a good way to describe... Uh, Tiger Woods' his, uh, DMs, Luke.
0: <laughs> oh, did you, did you ever read his text messages to all those porn stars? Yes, they were aggressive. They were, wow, my man likes to get busy. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't, I don't make him a hero for that,
0: Luke. You know, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if his email is bootyeater Eater69. Right? <laughs>
1: oh, oh, wow, wow. <laughs> In his phone book, it's like uh, uh, boo-boo wild thing, right? Yeah, I'm gonna take these off. glasses off. Glass so my daughter, look, uh, my daughter, let's kick off an my daughter,
0: my daughter can't has a trouble with the words glasses versus gafas. So she says glasas. It's very hard for her. Yeah.
1: She's, you know. All right, let's see. She'll fix that at this new Spanish school Ooh. That, that she's going to.
0: Have a whiff of that. Not bad. Is this
1: what is this called? Whiskey? Straight whiskey? Or is it like a flavored? What is yeah, it? Yeah, I think
0: it's just uh I don't think it's a blend, is it? I don't think so.
1: And what was the guy's name that sent it to you? Was it Josh? You said?
0: Uh, Justin. Justin. Okay.
1: Justin, thanks for being a donk. All right. Just a
0: little bit here to start things
1: off. I get a little frisky
0: after a couple whis. I will give you a little bit more of a pour there. Let me pour a little more in mine. What do you think? How's this? How's it smell?
1: It smells like a vasectomy in some ways, Luke. Maybe that's just. Golden the,
0: blood. Yeah. Here we are. Whew golden blood. Which you want to put it, which way do you want me to put it there? Jake.
1: Now what's the golden blood significance to your barbaric carnivore stick band, Luke? I don't know. Is that a song? An not. album? Is no, it not what that they Nothing I'm aware of. Do they piss in people's arteries to to, to create golden blood? What's yes, the thing? I, no, they but do. they they, you know, what's the name of their big song? Come as you are or
0: Yes, come as you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Um, would you say it goes down like death metal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. It goes down like a goth chick. Yeah, <laughs> Right? I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> that is, wow. How many, how many goth chicks do you bang? <laughs> I, I don't think we can talk about that on this show, Luke. Wow. Uh, it's not that great. <clears throat> um, you can find them at the Renaissance Fair, though. You ever been to one of those, Luke? Dude, the Renaissance Fair, my
0: wife loves the Renaissance Fair. Dude, it's creepy, it's, though. It's, it's the creepy. saddest. First of all, first of all, like, eating a big-ass turkey leg, this is cool to nobody who's interesting, number one. No,
1: wait, but would you say, before we trash them, would you say there, there are elements to a renaissance fair that are cool, but there's a lot of other yeah, sh- leaving it. dark shit going on around it, Luke? That's weird, right? Uh,
0: No, I think renaissance festivals are lame as shit, and I have been to a, two of them, and I was like, first of all, the the latrines, the porta-potties, I mean, people just having abortions in there. It's oh, just...
1: stop that. What, what is it? Just a, a, a just trough? Just
0: blood and oh, feces come on, no, come and... On, come on. I mean, you just can't believe what these animals leave in there. number one. That's the first thing I would say. Second thing I would say is like the food sucks. Like, oh, here's a big ass turkey leg that's dried out and gigantic and impossible to hold. OK, well, this is fucking stupid. Or you just get straight, straight up like street fair food, like curly fries or whatever the fuck, corn dogs. And everyone's dressed up like a time and then human condition when life was fucking miserable, where disease was rampant and the game sucked and life was brutal. Like, what about this is fucking and interesting?
1: there's a lot of tarot cards.
0: Yeah, and it's weird, too. It's like, oh, if you're a Libra, come get your fortune read right here. I'm like, really? Were they doing this in the Middle Ages, you fucking morons? This was the thing, you know? Figuring out if Leo's had a good month.
1: Huh? Not a Jethro Tull playing in the background. Oh, Gaff says, "What about Medieval Times?" I stand by Medieval Times. That's a good. That's a good family experience. What's Medieval Times? The restaurant where they do the big uh, horse and knight show.
0: I hope my daughter and I never go. Oh
1: no, no, it's worth it. It's worth it,
0: dude. Oh, is that where they had the joust?
1: Yeah, and there's like a big like. It's a thing. It's not just Medieval Times, but like it's dinner theater.
0: I gotta it's tell you, thing, like right? my, my wife, for example, let me let me point this out. So my wife, one movie style of movie she can't watch, and I think it's a real limitation of her. She can't watch cowboy movies. Like, she doesn't understand it. It's a very American thing. It just doesn't
1: appeal to her. Maybe you need a different entry point in that genre. How about Brokeback? (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's a cowboy movie. It's a cowboy movie. Very cowboy movie. Uh,
0: You know, but she just doesn't like them. And I think there's lots of very good cowboy movies, and it's just hard for me to get her to watch one.
1: Wow, this hurts every time I drink it. Yeah, it's
0: powerful. (laughs) It's powerful. It's not not fun to drink. Uh, I think in a similar way, like medieval shit unless someone's getting tortured or whatever i don't it's what about
1: bill and ted's excellent adventure when they when they went and they were like put him in the iron maiden and they're like excellent
0: (laughs) yeah i I, will let like you know Cameos okay, of the okay. Middle Ages. But I've, I basically find that time of life that, boring.
1: Whenever my wife is like, oh, let's watch this movie, and I know it's gonna be some kind and of And
0: also, dude. Can we just be honest? The people who go to Renaissance festivals, these are fucking nerds. Can we, I mean, I know I sound wow. like Colby and shit. Y'all are some fucking herbs. None of, I don't want to talk to none of you when I'm there. Are you
1: saying you have now turned on any donks out there, P1 donks who happen to love them, say in in Renaissance?
0: <laughs> is yes. that what the Renaissance Festival is? Is
1: Satan <laughs> in the that, Middle Ages? Uh, you know, st- are they still welcome here, Luke? I think they're still welcome.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm not here to take away that experience from other people. I'm not saying shut down Renaissance you're Festivals. Like, look
1: in the mirror. That's what you're saying.
0: I'm saying. You fucking suck. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wow. feel like Danny Sabatello out here. I'm judging you. I'm judging you.
1: Two sips of whiskey, and you're like, I, I, I just Let's went, go I, streaking. Yeah.
0: I I always had like an uneasy feeling about it. My wife's like, you'll love it. Let's go. And then we went, I'm like, yo, this shit is like wildly lame. Like, there's nothing fun about this.
1: The only setup. thing I I, I went, brought my kids when they were smaller, and they had, imagine like a paintball field, but instead you're shooting these large bone arrows. But the arrows can go far. They're like nerf bone arrows, but, but they're heavy, but they have a soft end on it. Yeah. So then you gotta like eliminate people by hitting them with From like a, it's pretty cool. Uh, I didn't do that. My kids could not like figure it out, you know. So I had to defend the, I had to like, I I must protect this house, you
0: know. Uh, uh, No, I'm not. uh, A county fair is much more interesting to me.
1: I am, probably not surprised based on my basketball stories. I am insanely competitive in scenarios in which you shouldn't be. Like my my local my town's high school had a um dodgeball tournament. And like you know, a couple other parents said, "Hey, would you come and you know, you make a donation, goes to the school funds, and then you play in this dodgeball, dude." It was like a combination of Game Seven and like the Vietnam War for me. Like I was going after it, dude. And people gave me a lot of dirty looks, and I think they talked about me in the community. And guess what? I'm here for dude. Right? you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah. I've never done anything like that, but uh, and you know, I know what the common yeah. I know what the common refrain is going to be, which is like, "Oh, you don't know how to have fun." Yes, when it comes to getting uh, headlights and eating bad food, and shitting in this pile of abortions that people leave. All right, I mean, You're Luke, right. I don't is, find you know, that enjoyable. Okay. Yes, is, that's can true. Can we clean
1: this up, please? I mean, come on. Uh, Luke, we had this, this debate over the um, bands that have lost their lead singer, but can went, I get on, a napkin, please? went on potentially to as good or even better fame, which is a small club. You know, there, there's, there's Van Halen, there's ACDC. Some people are like, yo, what about Joy Division? I'm like, what about it? But uh, I forgot Genesis in that. I know this isn't going to move you, but I like a little fewer even though fewer I tracks. prefer the Land Peter- of Confusion.
0: Always gave me nightmares when I was a kid.
1: Okay, well, here's what I'm saying. Even though I preferred the Prime Peter Gabriel, because that's real Genesis, the Phil Collins era didn't. It wasn't instantly poppy. There was some good like progressive albums there in the beginning, and even the pop stuff. Look, I, I kind of like it. Right? Yeah,
0: I don't care about this. Do you remember Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video? Yes, I did like that. That yeah. was fun back in the '80s. Yeah. That was considered, like, groundbreaking. I
1: really like kind of. Peter Gabriel's solo catalog. It's like world music mixed with pop, and it's weird. I kind of like that shit, okay? That's cool. Uh, can we get a? Can we go to our first fan question? Yeah, what question? do we have? Let's kickstart this conversation from Billy Boneless, Luke.
0: That's me in the morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't used to be. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've given up camping, Luke. There'd be no pitching of, uh, of anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would be Luke and BC's weight classes if they fit into UFC-caliber shape? Luke, what do you think you weigh right now? Would you be willing to share that?
0: I can say this. I know for a fact I could not make anything less than middleweight. I think that would be the well, very— well,
1: are you right now under the UFC heavyweight limit? Yes. Oh, congratulations. Yeah,
0: thanks. Yes.
1: If, if you got in fight-ready shape, could you cut to light heavyweight, 205.
0: Actually, you know what? I don't think I can even get to middle weight. So the doctor told me that he thinks my weight is probably, I couldn't get past 230. 230 is the littlest I could be. So I could maybe get down to 205.
1: You know, I got a guy for you. His name is Chef Kaz, Las Vegas. <laughs> that guy can get you down to 205. He wears weird he shit on his and, body. He has ways and means, all right? Thank you, you Ash.
0: Now, if there's blood coming out, I want you to look at it, okay?
1: Um, Luke, I weigh, you know, whether I'm in isn't this weird? Whether I'm a fat piece of crap like I am right now, or I'm in shape, which is rare every once in a while, I always weigh 226 pounds, always.
0: You could maybe get to middleweight. You think
1: I can get to 185? Wouldn't I C- die on the way there? Cutting weight.
0: Like, in other words, for like a, a period of an hour, you could get there and then hydrate. I couldn't, I, yeah, 205 would be my absolute What about weight.
1: a reality show where you and me move in with Chef Kaz and he puts those weird, like, bubble things all over our bodies, Luke, and we try to cut down and make a UFC middleweight fight against each other. Does he great.
0: kill us and then fuck us <laughs> and then eat us? It?
1: probably at the end, but that's fine. It's <laughs> part of his nutrition in the end. It's red meat. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I, w- what's your goal? What do you want to be? As an MK host, what, what weight do you want to get 240. To? I think 240s. Do you think I can get to 200? What would I look like? Uh, I wouldn't be a this penis. I wouldn't look like this anymore, right?
0: You got a shriveled up penis. All
1: right, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you, know, you dickhead. Uh, let's go to another fan question here as well. I'm enjoying burning time right now. I'm enjoying it. Let's see. Which is better, <sighs> Kyle? web screen, bro.
0: Oh, it's web screen. What What is a better Kyle MacLachlan movie, Dune or <laughs> Showgirls?
1: MacLachlan starred in the the original 1984 and 1983 Dune. That I
0: could tell you which one I've seen awful. more, and the answer is Showgirls.
1: Yeah, would you say he for uh, for as absurd as that movie is that he brought for him, absurd. And, him and Gina Gershon brought a little bit of class to that movie?
0: Gina Gershon was
1: hot as shit in, hot that, as movie. Shit in that movie. Uh but um, would they did they class that joint up or is that joint a just a gross, you know, like massage parlor bunny ranch Las Vegas type setup? That movie was gross, but I was there on first showing, dude. Remember, I told you we got kids in with like fake birth certificates to get them in on the that were like, you know, freshmen in high school. Because we ha- as a cross country team, it was an hour. These kids
0: today don't know the struggle of they don't know the struggle to try to indulge your own horniness as a teenager <laughs> in the 90s. I'm telling
1: you, we had the it first, it was not so easy. We had at least 27 dudes there. It was like three rows we took. I bet you and did. It was so rowdy. None of us, like, it wasn't gr- like, I know where you're, you're going with this. It wasn't like
0: It'd that. would be fine if you did, but. It's uh, a
1: public place where you Paul Rubens. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? you know uh, This is uh, yeah, but that it was epic. Look it was
0: you just made a peewee joke and they didn't put the 90s counter Did up.
1: you see it in the theater?
0: No, no, I did not. I saw it at home.
1: It was epic in the theater do you realize like the, the horny teenage kid significance of like your favorite TV What's show? What's the Is horniest
0: it? you've ever been in public? Okay, <laughs> here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, never, I'll never forget. I had a, uh, so my last two years, or my last year in college, I lived in the fraternity house, but I think two years I had lived off campus in an apartment with some friends. And uh, there was like one really bad winter storm and we went to like the video store back when there was such a thing. We rented a bunch of videos and I decided I was going to rent a bunch of pornography. If we're going to be locked oh up, my God. what else do you do as a 21-year-old kid? Already. great idea. So yeah. then I just never returned it. And uh, then I would get, you know, you know like, if you don't like, pay your bills, the bill collector calls. And this one, the guy would never read it out. He would never be like, uh, sure, you didn't return uh, Bury in the Bone, four hours of barking and pe- begging. But what he did do was the weird, uh, sir, you've got. Um, <laughs> How do I say he this? He goes, yeah. uh, several adult titles <laughs> out. And I never returned them. I never oh, returned wow. them. Wow. Where are they today? They still in rotation. <laughs> I, they're, they're, I think I rented them on VHS. I have no fucking idea. But
1: do you have a working VHS in your house? No. I have a VHS, but it doesn't work.
0: My dad bought my daughter a CD to play like ABC songs. And you're
1: like, Poppy, we don't even.
0: I was like, Dad, I don't even fucking have a CD player. <laughs> like, I think we have one in the car. Or whatever. What
1: is what is his grandpa name in the family? Huh? Does he have a grandpa name in the family? Grandpa. Oh, it's generic. Yeah, it's not no like grandpa. grandpa Rob. It's just Grandpa. Yeah, it's just Grandpa. I thought you would have something authentic, Luke. Like that's pretty authentic. That's generic. Okay. What do you think <laughs> Abuela, what you think Abuela is? Those guys sitting the corner that call
0: themselves Grandpa. What do you think Abuela is? Just means grandmother. That's it. It, it kind of means like potentially hot and no, spicy No, it just grandma. it just sounds exotic like, to you.
1: Remember Mona in the first season of Who's the Boss listen when she, to she was me. She, to dude? Me. You, you to could me. argue. I'm the captain now. You listen could argue.
0: You're only saying that because you are painfully white. That's why. It just means grandmother that's it doesn't mean anything else.
1: The, the difference between us is I know I'm painfully white no
0: no I do too but I also have an understanding of like you know that they don't consider that word exotic at all that's
1: that's because you're half Armenian okay you just say words no I mean American. that you have a little bit more connection to, to different cultures and a global sense of things my sense of things is Factory Town USA all right <laughs> Okay? Shitville, USA. Renaissance Festival, USA. Um, Luke, I do, you know, I like to talk music with you that doesn't involve you shaming my Indigo Girls colored car or, uh, you know, my love of. um,
0: Or just, you know, four hours of Robbie Shankar playing the fucking sitar.
1: (laughs) Yo, John McLaughlin slays, all right? Um, My question is we've talked about this before. Do we have a music middle ground? It's certainly not Cannibal Corpse. Maybe it's 90s. Hip hop. well, no, maybe it's 90s, like, grunge rock slash hard rock and different, in some areas. Like, I'll go I'll go softly into hard rock. I won't follow you down, right? You know what I'm saying? I'll follow you down, but not that far. What's
0: the, what's, like, the softest person you've seen in concert? That's a weird way to ask. It. Soft? Oh, like, well. I saw Gin Blossoms.
1: That's pretty solid. That's pretty, that's anyway. pretty
0: good choice right there. I saw okay, gin
1: there's a difference, because at my, at my, like, most out of controlness, I'd go to, like, the TLR concert. TLR TLR tour it was like oh, Destiny's child and um wait TRL you mean TRL yeah total say TRT Lo- no V T- T- was not performing um it was it was like all the major pop bands of the moment and you'd go there and you'd get trashed and you'd hook up with girls Luke. You know, age-appropriate girls. That's really where I'm going with
0: this. But um, like um When you say you, you mean you? or You, mean well, you like know, others? you're
1: not there. Oh, Nelly was headlined. You're not there for the music, though. So it would have to be a band that you're actually there for. You're paying to see them, but you're hoping that no one knows you're there.
0: Again, my very first concert was Collective Soul. That's pretty nubs.
1: I just found out from my dad that my real very first concert was Blood, Sweat, and Tears, 4th of July, 1989, for free at a uh, at a minor league baseball stadium. That's kind of lame, you know?
0: Yeah, my daughter saw Dying Fetus when she was a fetus. I can't believe you would subject your family to that. Just it was a fucking great show. They killed it.
1: Why does your wife like that? Why does she have that? She doesn't like Dying Fetus all that. Kill?
0: She doesn't like Dying Fetus all that much. But she, I had to go to so many of her fucking Norwegian doom metal shows when we were when we were dating. Like I've seen Opeth, who's pretty good. I've seen Opeth honestly seven or eight times at this point. Uh, was if,
1: Anthony there too?
0: Uh, yeah, Op- oh, Anthony and Opeth. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: an old radio joke. Yeah,
0: yeah. They don't even know who that fuck that is. Well, look, He's not like wildly racist. In, uh, I want to find a, a
1: meeting ground. You said hip hop, but you don't really mean that. What you mean is commercial '90s hip hop. Yes, right, Luke. That's what you mean. We don't have any connection in hip hop beyond that. This yeah, it's getting gross. Thank you for taking the camera off of that, Luke. You're just well. I can't fucking breathe, bitch. What do you want me to do? You want to see anyone? Want to see a dead body? It's 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 go to the Renaissance of... Festival and open the latrine door. So, Luke, do we have any? We don't have any classic rock crossbeams Like, do you not own any classic rock albums? Or, or maybe now digitally it's hard to say own them, but like, did you, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, did you not have classic rock CDs? What's no. a, Why are you so unclassic? Well, you grew up the same era I did. Yeah, which but is, did your
0: dad get you into Led Zeppelin? Yeah, Dev- well, yeah, so par- my parents didn't do any of that. He put on um,
1: Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix when I was in seventh grade because he saw that I was buying rap tapes and he was like, I cannot have you like get down on that shit. But it was like commercial. My dad, like, thinks, like MC my dad shit.
0: thinks all of that music is for simpletons and never introduced me. Like, music started when I started listening to it in whatever era I oh, came wow. up That's So it.
1: my dad was like, look, I know you like oldie 60 songs. Does about- anyone want this?
0: <laughs> it's not
1: great. I've been taking mine down. You're not going to go the, the, the finish on that? No. But when he played Jimi Hendrix, I was like, Oh, there's another thing that that could happen. My brother
0: got me into the Beatles a little bit for a while. Yes. Yes. Um, and who else was he like big into? But Beatles? you don't own
1: like "Exile on Main Street" by the Stones or like Led Zeppelin. II. I think you know honestly,
0: the first album I ever bought was the Metallica Black album. I think it was the first one I ever bought.
1: You were sheltered in your own way as a child.
0: Yeah, a little bit. And and beaten with reeds. Uh, and a lot of other things yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: So I, I, my parents you can just, my, you, 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 if you met my dad a lot more of this would make sense I
1: can't I meet him. What are you? Why are you stopping me? From oh, him? I'm not
0: stopping you? He just won't answer but like the point I'm trying to make is they have such a, a totally different view of the world Not just than your parents, but like I think most parents They were not connected to American pop culture at all at all at all Which is weird because I came up in the 80s where pop culture was intensely relevant. But was
1: not your dad working glow at different spots around the world? He was Yeah, up.
0: my dad was a diplomat, yeah.
1: So I mean, you're not plugged into MTV at that
0: point. Yeah, but it's even it, it, I, I don't even think it would matter. Like even if he was here the whole time. Now my sister, you know what? My sister was into like 80s stuff like Echo and the Bunnymen.
1: She's a big Annie fan. Tears for Fears. I like Tears for Fears. Damn right. Tears for Fears is Songs the shit. Song for the Big Chair is still holds up to this Yeah,
0: track. yeah. Uh crowded house. Hey now. Hey yeah. now. You know what I bought on vinyl the other day.
1: So. Um Simply Red's first
0: first record. I don't know that.
1: Holding back the years.
0: Yeah, but see, I'm just trying to point out, Mm-mm. all that dumb shit you like is because someone, like, handheld you and showed it to you. I, I, no one ever showed me any of that stuff. I didn't really hear Led Zeppelin for the first time until I was in, like, high school or
1: college. How did you ever get to second base with this attitude?
0: Turns out you don't need to know Joni Mitchell's fucking B-sides to get anywhere.
1: All right. Luke, well, I feel like you're showing a different side, even though you're pussing out on that big time. I, I mean, look at the difference here. I don't even drink this this motor oil here. It's, um, it's not, you're, it's you're, not great. In some ways, Luke, you're not stepping up, but I think you're showing people that you know you you've got different speeds to you.
0: What have I got to hide at this point? I mean, 43.
1: You've given up on protecting dignity.
0: Yes, that I gave, Well, I gave up on that a long time ago. I partnered with you three years ago. What do you think I've been doing since then? I've been preserving my dignity. I've been whoring that shit out since the moment I shook hands <laughs> wow, with you.
1: Wow! Wow! All right. Uh, with, he's no, a, I don't want to drink. No. They would—they're they, asking if you want margaritas. They were, that's really nice of them. It's very funny. They the know what there. gets
0: you loose, Luke. Very back. funny back there.
1: Uh, can we go to another fan question here? What, where are we at on time? I could do this all day, Luke, but we know we do have to re- resume review somebody pretty soon.
0: No BS. How do you see McGregor's next three years? You see that chael video. Hefei. See that chael video. Shale goes, uh, guys, I'm here to
1: tell you. Oh, that McGregor's, like, never going to Yeah, he's like, McGregor's
0: championship run is over. He doesn't know that, but I'm telling you that's what he said. I don't know. I I, 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 We go back to this all the time. I believe the same thing you do, which is I think McGregor's got one big, super awesome win left in him. But
1: that sounded a lot easier to say last summer, right? It's been yeah. a long time. Has he done anything since getting injured and losing to Poirier in the trilogy that gives you confidence? I feel like everything no. has been... A weird or negative, or don't show this, or whatever. Yeah, you know? and he
0: was going after Hezbollah on Twitter. And I, I'm not a big Hezbollah on Twitter, or I should say, I don't think his shtick is all that funny, but um, I'm certainly not gonna go like and call him names and shit. It was like, it was like angry at yeah, him. Yeah, he
1: said he would punt. He he said would he punt
0: would, him, yeah, and he called him all kinds of things. And then, uh, Hasbula was like, yeah, I don't follow bums on social media. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Yo, but. the
1: thing about Hasbula is like, he'll actually go after Connor like physically. Like if they see each other, like he'll he'll he's about the thing is, is at the end of the day, Hasbula is about that life. He's a little slap happy, that guy. Oh, huh? he just put it on Shack. Alex, you'll see it Monday. Alex Polkanovsky just. I saw. Bula. I saw.
0: He was rubbing that shit in his face, quite yeah, literally. That's yeah. So I
1: expect sh- in city kicking bone.
0: Okay. So next three years, what do you think? Conor McGregor. Does he get his hand raised again? I mean, dude, it's such a wild card, man. The thing is,
1: like, do you believe he'll finally? Wow, look at this hair. This is interesting, right?
0: Bitch, you look.
1: <laughs> what do I look like? All... Besides bad, what do I look like?
0: Just pathetic. You look like a bird that got hit by a car.
1: I'm like a bird, Luke. I'll fly away. All right.
0: You look like oh, you look like your hair looks like roadkill, literally. Oh, oh,
1: what were we talking about? Probably something. McGregor's escaping. next three years. I don't know. like, we've been waiting for him to come back and, like, fight three times in a year.
0: Damn, and he didn't man, that fight. That shit is
1: intense. COVID killed his plans after Whew. Cowboy. Injury oh. killed his plans after two losses
0: to Poirier. Dude, I can't drink like I used to. My wife was telling me I, how much I used to drink. She kept a log of it. I used to have two, like, big ass doubles almost every day. Why would she
1: keep a day. log of it. She's setting
0: you up. A mental up. log. I don't mean, like, a written log. Oh. I mean, like, she would, she would serve me drinks at certain times. Like, I'd be sitting on the couch, hey, you want to drink? You're like, bitch. Okay, I don't call my wife bitch. Neither do you. But I'm trying to point out, I would have like, oh, like you know, two thirds of this thing filled with just pure booze, a little bit of coke on top, and I would drink two of those a day at bare minimum. Before work? At the at, No, no, no. I would never do work that way. But like at the end of the day, like when I would go on these road trips to wherever the fuck I'm going, Vegas, whatever, I would drink a bottle almost every night, like just hammering the booze.
1: Dude, and that's setting yourself up for an early death and a lot of. That's why I stopped.
0: That's why I stopped. Yeah, stopped during the pandemic, basically. Damn. Yeah, I used to drink an, a
1: super unhealthy amount. Um, Conor McGregor, Luke, is, dude, I still don't know. Is he coming back against Tony? A Chandler level? Usman for the belt? Uh, you know, Nate again? No, probably not Nate now. Um, Masvidal, probably Masvidal, maybe? I don't know, Luke. I don't know who he would have even come back to to try to predict what, you know, if he's going to stay active and is willing to entertain some kind of softer matchmaking, which, it, let's be fair. How much do the fans? No, no, message? no, Don't don't turn turn the cor- don't turn the, the corner when I'm still talking to you, Luke, okay? The idea here is, Luke, we we maybe inflated what we saw against Cowboy. We may be giving him more respect than he actually deserves in terms of like where he's at. He wanted to face really low-level competition after the cowboy fight. Let's not forget that. He was DMing Dana and saying, I want to fight what? Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez level. So. But then the next moment is like, I want to fight Usman. I want to fight, you know, John Jones, you know, whoever. I have no freaking idea. And maybe the longer we wait, which increases the uncertainty, maybe that's the way we're going to get really back into this in terms of really being into his comeback, is I don't know what the hell he's going to look like. But what do you think the level of matchmaking will be? How do you sort of find that spot in your brain?
0: I think it'll have to be somebody with a name.
1: A flawed name like Tony is perfect.
0: Yeah, what are we doing here? Do you remember that one time we were doing the podcast and then they were just moving
1: furniture in the background? Do you know Ash's answer was plugging in my laptop? She's like, "I just got to interrupt the show for a second, just so I got to." I, got to. I, I burned through the battery on Etsy. She's like, "That outlet wouldn't have been good. That one. How about the outlet in the show? That was, let's 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 plug it into that one. Thank you. Uh, let's go back to the fans here. Let's see how long we can keep this hour happy. From at Fizduku. Wow. Is that? I think that's a reference to the great Sith Lord, former Jedi Count Dooku. Kowduka was always kind of a bitch. I no never... way dude, no, dude. Look, he got fucked over by George Lucas, who wrote in that Yoda could could handle him in a, in a lightsaber door. Fuck that. No chance, dude.
0: Uh, you one of these assholes who's like, I read the comics. No, like, oh, yeah, I'm just like, that's not
1: realistic or fun to watch, Yoda have that much power. I'm sorry, it's not. It's not cool. It's I don't not good agree magic. with that
0: at all. I thought it was that was one of my, well, I wouldn't say it was one of my more favorite parts, but, all right, but I didn't Count, mind it.
1: Count Duke, who's uh, uh jizz friend here, is asking a stupid question. Luke, who wins in a fight, two Mighty Mouses or Shaquille O'Neal? I don't give a fuck. Next question. Two Mighty Mouses would be the answer. Okay, next.
0: Yeah, any more? Uh, oh, Jesus How, I mean, Okay, here's the MMA Martin Smith. Luther's 99 thesis. Hey, Luke, uh, who
1: could Robert Whitaker beat in the top 10 of the light heavyweight division in your guys' opinion? Slash, could you see him making a title run? I feel like he's too small.
0: Title to run, I don't know physical about. physical
1: stats. I think he is too small. We've talked about that. But, Luke, All right, here's is the top, there a top 10. Ten-er? Top 10.
0: Paul Craig, Thiago Santos, Vulcan Uzdemir, Dominic Reyes, Jamal Hill, Anthony Smith, Alexander Rakic, Magomed Ankalaev, Jan Blochowicz, Glover Teixeira. Those are all tough like, fights. Imagine
1: him against Uzdemir, for example. Even if he won that with skill, he'd have to take heavy punishment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not saying he couldn't beat someone in the top ten. I suspect he could, probably even a couple of them. But a title but what's run? The price?
1: What's the price? Yeah,
0: exactly. And the title run, that seems highly unlikely. Which is why it's like, Kamaru's like, I'm going to go to light heavy. It's like, uh, slow your roll there, bud.
1: Okay, okay. Next. Luke, I have a question. Last one. Oh, last one here. All right, let's let's go to it right now. What do you got from at @maxnyc2224? What's stopping a woman fighter from becoming a ring girl and getting proper insurance? What is Luke? What is this? What is this question really trying to say?
0: Uh, I don't. Th- would Dana hire someone as both a ring girl and
1: so that they can get insurance?
0: The well, they have some insurance. They have accident insurance. Although I hear complaints from fighters about it. Well, so Elias Theodoru was the during when Invicta did the. Yes. Very silly and, I would argue, pretty stupid, like, ring boy thing. Yes. He walked around shirtless. I mean, he was very handsome, whatever, but, like...
1: Pat Patterson liked ring boys, too, in the WWF, not a good situation. I don't know who that is. Okay.
0: By the way, I saw on Twitter the other day, there was some guy who was... His whole bit... This was from the 90s. So this is like, a long time ago. I don't know his name, but his, like, nickname was, like, the Fat Chick Banger or something, and he would walk out. That was, like, it would say Fat Chick, so I'm not trying to be... And he would walk out with two, like, big old women. Do you, do you remember this, I dude? I don't know who this is. <laughs> oh, God. Sounds like a bit the Blue Meanie would do in ECW or something. Uh, I was something like, like, dude, that. the 90s were. I, you know a movie I saw the other day? Not quite the 90s. 2004, Dodgeball.
1: I still never have never seen that.
0: Dude, you can't make movies like that anymore. Which, by I mean, just six-letter <clears> <throat> F word being tossed about. Constantly making
1: because I even can think back to when I like started the ESPN 2005 ish that run when I'm in corporate America, and it's still kind of rowdy. It's still pretty rowdy
0: Yeah,
1: ESPN was rowdy back then it, it's now cleaned up and got very PC But do you look at a year when the, the you know because it's PC is kind of cyclical think yeah. 1950s TV can't you know wouldn't show a husband and wife in bed um, together and now or
0: Elvis's hips
1: and then look at the 90s when you know WWF is basically like a, a damn striptease, you know, so when did it change back? Do you have a year in t- it, when when things turn? Um, not, not that I'm saying I'm against it because there are obviously I'm great, say great
0: Somewhere along the lines of when I really begin to feel it in corporate America at the time I'm going to say somewhere along the lines of, it was in motion before that. I'm going to say 2012, 2013, okay. something like that. when you really begin to see corporate America being like. Well, anytime uh, there's
1: a change, there's going to be good and bad. And obviously, there's a lot of good that came with entering into this PC era of adulthood here, Luke. There's a lot of good that came from
0: that. Oh, okay. there's a lot of good. There's some good.
1: But it also is, you know, it puts us at risk to do a show like this. So if this is our last episode, Luke.
0: I'm not drinking this. This is terrible.
1: We've had a good run, you know?
0: I do like the band. I'm gonna see them opening uh, on the opening of their North American tour in a couple of months. Which band? Cannibal Corpse. They're doing a full South American, European, and North American tour, and I'm gonna be in their opening night.
1: Luke, what is your favorite um in game dunk in college or pro history that you're just like fucking hate right? Like Leo DiCaprio meme where you're just. I like, did see the
0: And One special on Netflix. It was good. Very good, actually. Yeah. Yes. Hot Sauce. I remember Hot Sauce. He was a phenomenon, Luke. Um, in game dunk, oof! It's got to be the Shaq one, where we talked about it before the show. Against
1: the Nets, his rookie year, when he broke the the whole the whole backboard. No, no, no! no. When
0: he was the white guy who he posted oh, up. Chris Dudley. Yeah, dunked on him with his nuts in his mouth, and yeah. then
1: him. So we were debating. Like, I give respect to Dudley for picking up and firing the ball back. At I Shaq. mean, but like, what the fuck what else you gonna do? But he may have gotten served. Like the only the only facial that may have been better than that is '94 playoffs when Pippen put it on Ewing. And then like teabagged him. Remember that I've
0: one? I've seen a lot of facials over the years.
1: My favorite in-game dunk is that um Jordan against the Bulls. I mean Jordan against the Knicks at the Knicks in uh ninety one in the playoffs. Ewing. When he went baseline and spun back and went over Ewing and was like two feet above him and yeah. put it right on him. That was that was pretty badass, Luke. <laughs> I'm not a big you know MJ guy necessarily, but that was
0: You're that Chris Farley, like you remember that time you wrote that album? That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. That's how that's my interview. People story. don't even know Chris Farley anymore. Did I tell you I had an intern on my show when I was on Sirius XM? She was 21 at the time. She had never heard of Harrison Ford. I'm like, you never heard of the motherfucker who was Indiana Jones? And
1: you had to explain to AJ McKee who Sean Shirk was. I couldn't believe that, dude.
0: However popular anyone <clears throat> thinks they are, that shit is ephemeral. It leaves this world like that, man.
1: If you're uh, a big MKP one, uh, now we are going to put out the room service diaries with AJ McKee next it's week. It's fucking weird, and it's it's going to be. It's fucking weird. It, we, we we I think he showed us his true personality, and you know he was very honest about the mental toll of losing, of, you know losing his first pro fight after after the big buildup. I don't think I expected that conversation, and it was. Uh, it was very interesting.
0: They're killing you on Twitter for your hair.
1: It's I can't defend you can't defend this right.
0: Look, I got go
1: a they, I got a bad haircut, so that's why I've been wearing hats every every episode. Oh, oh that's a flock <laughs> of seagulls look today. Wow, is that- I don't
0: think it's flock of seagulls. It looks like you were run over by a car. Or, uh, well, your face looks like that most. <laughs>
1: I, mean, I, got, I got yellow teeth too, I know. Could Luke. Could our teeth know? be more fucking I've yellow? I've had so much caffeine today. Can you
0: know? we adjust the white balance in the back so we don't look like the people who brush their teeth the least? Um, do you want to
1: close with questions from our crew, Luke?
0: No, I don't give a shit about their opinions.
1: You don't want to bring in Big Lou and get one question off from him?
0: Big Lou's on his phone thinking about Big Italian stuff. Big Lou's the
1: soccer. guy that we call uh, reracking. Right, he was, like, looking at his phone, you know, sh- shifting around in there, Luke, trying to create oh, some air. The, the ball and socket joint yeah, there? Yeah, we caught him. I got
0: some on my own Twitter here. I'll run through these really quickly. Uh, see what you think. All I right. bet they're going to be lame and probably about fighting and stuff. Like, uh, yeah, who, they who are. Who cares, you know?
1: I mean,
0: I know, this isn't
1: even a fight podcast, basically. We Like, we sell you the fighting, but that's <laughs> here's, not, like— here's, here's an interesting one. What is the first time you guys laid eyes on each other? Ooh.
0: Had to be, them, had to be uh, Canelo Mayweather.
1: Yeah, I certainly, I, so I remember, I remember saying to you, hey, you're that MMA TV guy. So I must have seen you on the Spike show, Luke, along with like seeing you on social media, which would have been Twitter at that point in 2013. But Luke, I remember, <laughs> I remember the Luke Thomas's Piss show. I liked that a lot. That was a web series. And I guess I saw you on Spike with uh, Craig Carton. Yes. A Craig real Craig. one.
0: A real one. If you will. Yes. Yes. Uh- uh, favorite MK memory?
1: I would have to narrow that down to three. Okay. You want to hear them? Sure. Number one was without question the end of our live show in Vegas, Poirier-McGregor three-week Luke when we let out when you let out that Semper Fi, Never Die war cry yep. and the Donks were and Damien the Donk. Remember when he used to watch our show? He was there before he got tattooed. Number two, Luke. Do you remember after we won the award at the M- World MMA Awards, we sat in our, our rented, like, prom date bus? And we just kind of sat there for a couple minutes waiting for our team, and I was just sort of like... That was cool. Oh, that was weird, but that was pretty awesome. You yeah. know, it was like, we did it. Whatever this is, we did this shit. Whether you put any stock into this, we did this, Luke. And the third was on this set. Do you remember that crazy karaoke episode when Jake von Amsterdam, when I put him in a tough spot? I forced Jake the Documentarian to go into character undercover and be Jake Von Amsterdam. And I didn't know what I was going to get. I don't think you knew what you were going to get. And Jake delivered a like, like a like a 10 out of 10 performance. Like this was like, who is this guy? Never I was saw him expecting before. a moron,
0: and a moron was delivered.
1: It was like, who who is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? Oh, watch Good Will Hunting, Luke. You'll find out, OK? It was that type of moment from him. He delivered Keep ex- your ear to extreme the grind, art. Extreme would you agree in hindsight that, that that was that was you didn't think he had it in him, did you? Stupidity? No, I knew, that, I knew he had that in behind him. Behind that aggressively weird red hair. Look, although I like his freaking. Look at this motherfucker. There's he can't wait to go Jake. watch
0: Serie A highlights. Yeah, oh yeah. Because yeah. he's racist, probably. You
1: know, he even gets girls with that hair.
0: Anyone who watches Italian soccer, I automatically think they're racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like, but- imagine being a serie A fan. It's like the league is not that good. You know, what would be the reason you watch?
1: Because they're wildly racist
0: over there, bro. That's what
1: it's about. Look, there are people that just are like, look if you could stop trying to talk for French soccer, like you don't know what the f- you're a walk on.
0: Yeah, I don't talk for French day
1: soccer. Day one bandwagon.
0: Yeah. Whatever fan. whatever
1: whatever lies you want to tell no, yourself. I didn't say it. They said it. Luke.
0: Yeah, they say lots of I wanted to shit.
1: give you a chance to defend yourself.
0: I don't have I don't have anything to prove, dude. My my hobbies and my fandom is not up for debate. How about your music taste? Probably up for debate. up yeah, for debate. That's fine. That's up for debate. But, like, my things that I like, it's, like, defend it. No. Eat my ass. (laughs) There's my Maple syrup or jelly. You can like what you like. I don't give a shit.
1: So the first thing I do is make them,
0: right? Mm Mm-hmm. Toss my salad. Again, Chris Rock, do people know? Who can name one Chris Rock album?
1: Uh... Fucking Jesus, they don't know shit about the well, world. Dude, they were, as you have said many times to our staff, hey, Big Lou, it's not your fault you were born in 1998. And right? also That's,
0: insanely know. racist. I yeah, mean.
1: Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, ball bag guy on the air, probably. Racist, I don't know. Bro. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm teasing, Big Lou. Yo, Tristan, now, did you add to your uh, Native American montage yet on your arm? Yeah, bro. It's just... Oh, shit, can, he, can we bring him out? Look, can we close with, with this art? Uh, yeah. If you want. This. Is, uh, it, Fridays are for the art, yes or no? I, yeah sure okay so our camera guy Tristan here who Luke has predicted would be the one who what, kills you he is
0: definitely—he's definitely asleep. he's definitely gonna go his him.
1: left arm oh, he's like been adding pig. wolves and look he's got a fresh so wolf. wait
0: wait wait! go back go back what was the one you got the last time we were here it was, the black bear. It was the black bear no no it was this one no, the...
1: I got this is the grizzly bear I got in
0: May okay I got you. that's the new one or, or, no, so, or no that's not the, the,
1: the new one way. Luke underneath that's that
0: pretty good yeah. This is, you know, that's fresh, fresh. Why don't you have it covered up with the uh, Saniderm? Yo,
1: he doesn't, he's not How, how old is this? Uh, it's, it's like a week
0: old. You should have Saniderm on that, bro. Uh, it's nice. It's heavy. The, the background's heavy there. Tristan, what's the up, inspiration
1: for this wolf on your arm? It's a coyote,
0: okay. <laughs> Do you know one time I had a fucking strange yeah. encounter with a coyote? Well, there is a
1: wolf, right? And one of those is a wolf. Right?
0: I had a strange encounter with a coyote once. I was, uh, I was on duty, and, and this was on the Marine Corps. I was at 29 Palms. They have coyote problems all the time. And I remember I fell asleep against the five-ton wheel. This was like late at night. And uh, I woke up, and there was a coyote from me to you sniffing my fucking oh, feet. Shit. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and I fucking had to get up and run away. It ran away, but that motherfucker was looking for a meal.
1: Joni Mitchell's got a great song called Coyote off the Hegera album with Jaco Pastorius on bass.
0: Is Ravi Shankar playing seven and a half hours of freestyle sitar on it?
1: Luke, I wanna find a a more sophisticated middle ground of music than 90's grunge and hip hop and R&B. No, Luke, we need to find something that speaks to both of us, not just Rage Against the Machine. We need to- They
0: were good in concert. I couldn't believe how good they were. Why
1: can't you get plugged into the 70's jazz fusion scene? What's stopping you?
0: Testosterone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't pee sitting down few things, I guess. Do you like Crosby,
1: Stills, and Nash?
0: Uh, not really, I don't give a fuck if they live right. or die. Right.
1: Do you like anything old?
0: Not even me. <laughs> not even me. Anything old. Uh, like I said, the Beatles, I like the Beatles. I like okay. the Stones, I like okay. the Stones.
1: Old women? Uh, You're changing your taste with age, right? You Now you like aging BBLs, Cougar, we used to call them Cougars. You mean MILF? <laughs> They might have ended up in my search terms once or twice. Oh you know? wow! Oh wow! Can we end the fucking show? Like, what are we doing? This is just something stupid. very artsy. We're just, you know, we're just, we're. F- this, this is very jazz like, Luke. There's, there's really no, you know, there's no charts or script. We're just kind of. Uh,
0: anyway, thanks to Justin from uh, DC slash. I think he uh, lives in Illinois. I'm not sure where he lives now. For getting me this, uh, it will go on the shelf. I will not drink it because it's not for me. But um, if you are for the this- right
1: person, though, Luke right person golden blood in your mouth all right can we close this motherfucker please for our great staff here at malka i would never be searched that name (laughs) i wore that malka hat proud luke i know viva la malka
0: i have to go renaissance festival the bathroom
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's our social channels morning combat that store is our seriously, merch if you, house.
0: I, seriously, if you like Renaissance festivals, I question your judgment about everything.
1: Here's what I need. An MK Donk that is a huge Renaissance head, sell it to us, sell us tell us why we're wrong. Sell it to and us. And by
0: the way, I bet there are certain Renaissance festivals that are better than others well, like anything. I liked
1: it as a kid, because there would be like a loud guy like making fun of my dad, and then my dad try to get my dad to pay five dollars to throw the ball and knock him in the water. Like that was fun.
0: You like, know? oh, let's go back to a time when people died of the bubonic plague. Like, no, that fucking sounds stupid. Like, they're...
1: dude, we just lived COVID, bro. Yeah, was Too it
0: soon. money? Was it money? Too soon. Yeah, it wasn't money, was it?
1: A lot of people questioning the validity of your COVID vaccinations for how sick you get lately. What does that it's even mean? I didn't, I didn't thing. have COVID. I, had I put my ear to the grindstone. I hear the yes, people.
0: Yes, a lot of people who didn't pass basic biology in high school have lots of opinions about uh, communicable diseases, all of which you should ignore. That's what I recommend.
1: All right. For the great Luke Thomas. Thank you. My name is Brian Campbell. Thank you for watching our program saluting the world of mixed martial arts and sometimes beyond. To our fabulous crew, including Big Lou and... Tristan's arm and Jake the Snake and, hey, Ash, uh, this was the best damn combat sports show, period. It's MK, all day, nearly every day. Here's my opinion of
0: Renaissance The etch